Bam. Kaboom. That's like five hours of fucking comedy. That's it. All right. uh, Theme song. Here we go. Pow. The only thing missing from that theme song is melancholy strings. <laughs> Can you take that back to the drawing board? Yeah. Fucking like round two. Dance remix. Glenn Campbell strings would really push that over the edge. Melancholy strings on on track 12. <laughs> this is the Crybaby so- remix. <laughs> So this is uh, Ear and Loathing. That's where you landed. It's episode 23 with the Gitmo Bros. They continue to be the number one rockers forever. Not number two, not negative one, but number one. <laughs> and uh, so what's going on today? Oh, nothing. Aaron is in the torture chamber. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to see how that goes. But first, sitting next to me uh, is a fellow we know as the media darling of you're in loathing. Say hello. I'm George White, 23 and what I want to be. <laughs> 23 and him. That's his, you, There's actually a, co- a, a service you can send a, a, a saliva sample to them. To me. It's called 23 and him. <laughs> and you get all George's uh, um, ancestors. You find out if you're related to me. Yeah. <laughs> then Just he'll me. write you an email that says, listen, you want to stop sending me your spit, guy? <laughs> This guy's lousy with spit. You're not related to me. You owe me twelve fifty. I'm not saving these. No, no relative of mine would send somebody spit in the mail. Yeah, that's how I know. That's how I know. I'm to, to call the the EPA to to dispose of it. So fucking thanks for no thanks, spitter. So uh, calling in from the North Star, he's my North Star. He's your North Star. He's the EPA's North Star. <laughs> the Yeoman Purser of the North Star. Say hello. Bringa, keeping the trash off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running for mayor. I'm going to keep the, I'm gonna keep, the, keep the trash off. You know how we can do it. How's Aaron? What's he like? Well, you know, he's all about keeping the trash off the streets. <laughs> the streets you know, cleaning up the homeless. You yeah. know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, speaking of Aaron, you're in the torture chamber today. But you know what that means. You get to uh, saunter over, stroll over, if you will, to that, that weird-looking guy with a, you know, with an eye missing <laughs> and some couple teeth not really intact. Yeah, he's and, wearing uh, um, long, uh, long John's un, uh, long John's top under... Uh, overalls? Those, uh, overalls Liberty with, Bell. With one of the arms off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's one-strapping it. He's one-strapping it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, no, but I think, isn't Long John's the definition of that they're all, it's all one connected piece? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so, it could be a Henley. I don't know if there's like a, a top. Like a, That's a your union suit. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean. It's, I it's the kind that snaps at the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> well, well let's I, don't see know, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why we're, there's all this conjecture floating around. We have the source yeah, we right here. Yeah, we ask him. Fuck let's, ask him. Let's, let's see what he says. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. 
he, not exactly the insight I was looking no, for. No, he, he just handed me a, a whittling stick that he turned into a pipe. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, I don't know what that meant. But Clem remains an enigma. He said, "Here," and he handed me a pipe he made. He's <laughs> like the Sphinx. <laughs> he didn't say anything, didn't he? Yeah, he says it all and says "dick all" too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here we are in Kibbit's corner, and uh, Aaron's gonna regale us with something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking here in the corner. Welcome everybody. Thanks for having us, Clem. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about. Uh, I can only sort of uh, t- title it this: the glorious disagreement of the creative process. And, and what got me thinking about it is I was reflecting on an interview I'd been listening to. Somebody was interviewing Iggy Pop a while back. And inside the interview, he was talking about his likes and dislikes of music back when he was starting specifically. And he started ripping apart, just ripping apart Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and specifically the song Marrakesh, which was their first single. Ooh, I like him. And just like <laughs> ripping it apart. And I remember thinking, huh, and getting taken, you know, I love a hip hop, but here was me going, bristling a little bit like, well, I don't know about that because I really like that record and I really like that song. It reminds me of my childhood and it's produced really well. The musicianship is, is out of control. Good. And it's a great crafted pop song. So I was bristling a little bit. Then I started to think and reflect a bit and go, well, hold on. (laughs) He is Iggy pop and he is a product of his taste and he's a product of his experience. He doesn't have an Iggy pop to be in love with because that is him. And so part of what makes him the person and artist that I'm interested in is his intense hatred of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. (laughs) And it is no reflection on me. There's no reason for my pride to be hurt that we don't share those those opinions and critiques on things. And that's what makes being a fan of things often very interesting. Um, Where, like, another example would be David Bowie, a vocal disinterested party in George Harrison and in uh, Paul McCartney as a writer, mostly interested in John Lennon. Now, it's more reflective in David Bowie's work that that's true, but it's also the cooler guy thing to do. You know, and if you're interested on staying on the edge, you're not going to be on the edge very long if you listen to silly love songs all the time, you know? (laughs) And it's just the way it is. So like in a way, he's sort of like protecting his brand and making sure that he stays with somebody who like is less earnest, <laughs> you know, because every all those guys are just taking the piss, you know. And yeah, I find Bowie, that's Bowie interesting. Couldn't, Bowie couldn't really uh, groove to Bangladesh. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really, really a mess. mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just hated that rhyme. <laughs> and so, like, I, I was just interested in, like, oh gosh, well, that's that's I love that. And oftentimes, being in a band, you're surrounded with people who. I mean, you're all generally usually in a band situation going to be on the same general team. But as an example, Damon and I were in a band a million years ago and have been collaborators in some way or another for a million years. And my take on things musically is different than Damon's. We have some some very similar spaces. But if we were working on something, part of what I might bring to it is something that I love or got vibed out to because of Guns N' Roses and you can't stand them. But through the lens of the partnership and through the lens of me, it becomes an interesting thing for you and and possible, even if it's a song of yours, but you're asking me for my input. It's going to come from this other place. So that's, 
I think that's a beautiful thing. And oftentimes people go, well, I can't get along with somebody who doesn't da, 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 da. Like Georgie and I, we've written a million fucking songs together and we have a very similar location where our souls are, but like we got there in entirely different ways, musically speaking, you know, my, my, my touchstones are almost all different than George's, but we have enough similarities so that we can end up in a, in a unique and interesting place. And indeed, I would say that the things that we've been able to, to do together to amuse ourselves are wholly other than what we would have done independent of each other because of those outside influences. So that should be celebrated and great and good. And it's sometimes interesting when you find out that your heroes are dismissive of some things that you like. Of other so, heroes. Right. Of other heroes. Yeah. Right. And so like, those are my examples of that experience. I was curious what you guys, if you'd ever encountered that, or if you've ever had that moment, it's a funny human moment to sort of like bristle like, a, well, I don't, I don't know about that icky, uh, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Pop. I like you and everything. <laughs> I but... personally like doing that, you know, hmm. you know, whatever. <laughs> the first one that comes to mind for me is the sort of obvious gorilla, 800 pound gorilla was all the shit that John Lennon talked about Paul McCartney stuff. Yeah. Including some of his Beatles masterpieces. Right. And, you know, when you look back on it, they were just having, they were really bitter and, and, and Lennon was just trying to break away from being a Beatle anymore. But right. it still was, it was weird. Like he was so toxic about a lot of the stuff he said that was so unfair. And then George kind of started chiming in too. Cause I guess they thought that that's one thing that really annoys me about the uh, Harrison and Lennon worship is <clears throat> McCartney was like when you look back over uh, over their careers, and, and you know, obviously George and John were both cut short. Sort of like song for song, McCartney basically carried on the tradition of the Beatles, while those other two guys started writing garbage after the first couple albums, solo albums, I should say. So it always irked me that those two guys would, would you know, call it Paul's granny music or something, and they're referring to fucking <laughs> Obla oh, Di Obla oh, Da, which is just a fucking masterpiece. I mean, I'm not saying everyone has to like that song, but if you listen to that and not just appreciate it for the pop perfection that it is, mm-hmm. something something wrong with you. You know, if it could, the song could annoy you. That's fine, but you can't listen to that song and go, "Yeah, that's just a throwaway thing that McCartney wrote." Fuck off. So those two guys and their little cutting comments about Paul over the years was, was sort of annoying because I, I wanted to like them, I guess is my point. Going back to Aaron's right. question, I wanted to go, I want them to at least respect each other. Um, mm-hmm. Another one that comes to mind, I guess, is that like Sting's never talked shit about the other two guys in the police, but I don't know that he has the proper reverence for them that he needs to have that that's obligatory because <laughs> he, he wouldn't be who he is with his shitty music. Now, if it wasn't for those two guys, it's just clear. Right. They, he could make the same argument. If it wasn't for my voice and my songs, fair enough sting. No, they've always said that the, the one person who's not saying that they made you is you, <laughs> you know, he's the only mm-hmm. one who doesn't seem to acknowledge like the, the, the partnership that that was, I, I, I think I may have, you know, taken it off, off the path you were expecting. Cause I was talking, you know, it was, so maybe it was the wrong answer, but another one that comes to mind real quick, quick is um oh nothing how glenn fry feels about neil young and steve van zandt (laughs) 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 no but uh uh there was one that did come to mind oh you know i'm not a huge kiss fan and or certainly not gene simmons but i i want to like kiss and i want to like gene simmons he makes it so fucking hard to like him and the shit he was talking about david lee roth recently uh in the last year or so was so mm-hmm. very on brand for Gene, but but because he's 
spouts this shit off that is not it's not based in any reality. It's maybe you can take this over because I don't know yeah. what happened, but like th- th- I want to like Gene Simmons. I mean, I I he he's sort of this iconic rock star, and he's such a fucking dick all the time. Not only about David Lee Roth, but about a lot of shit. Yeah. So go ahead, George. Yeah. No, I that, I was going to say mention both those bands really that um yeah it's you know it's separating the dancer from the dance and 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 to your point Aaron I was going to say that um you know do you, would you want an Iggy Iggy Pop any other way if if he liked no, Crosby I mean, Stills and Nash you'd be like that's not very punk rock well Why that's my like that's my point yeah. is yeah. that like what his I don't to do the music that I do or that I'm interested in or pass yeah. the time with I don't need to dislike them but he does. Right, and yeah. I can use my influence, and I will get my influence, my Iggy Pop created because of his feelings, and we don't need to be on the same path. And rather than go, I can't like them because they don't like X or X Y, you know, or another band, you know, is is strange. And sometimes I I believe that I would probably make some sort of like it's weird to me to collaborate with George who doesn't have a uh, a complete worshipful attitude about the Beatles. And he represents the first person in my career <laughs> of, <laughs> of music fucking around with, of working with somebody who feels that way. Yes. But, but and hopefully the last. it has been, it has been very, <laughs> it's been very effective. And like George got to be who he is because of that. Like it's, you, it's pointless to change somebody. And why should you want to, you should love that. You know, it well, here, be I have the a best. Couple, couple questions for you. One, that was how Iggy felt you know, when he was probably t- a late teen, early 20, and was just trying to form his own opinion. And he probably was angry that all these little, you know, singer songwriters were getting all this, these accolades. And he was more into like the, yeah, well, it was more like as a direct example to what your point is, like he, around the same time, somebody was trying some like hipster, you know, those, uh, those fucking rock writers who were more just hip than anything. And they wanted desperately to be friends with the band and stuff. And so this person was talking to Iggy and trying to engender some goodwill, like, Hey, we're the same you and I. And he, and he started bagging on Jim Morrison and and Iggy pop, like let him dig his own hole for a while. And then said, I think you're a fucking idiot. Jim Morrison's (laughs) like one of the main things that I do is Jim Morrison. Like I fucking love him, his vibe, his move. He doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah. And like, that's my whole thing. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I love that because there's a guy trying to be hip and say like, and like, I fucking love the doors. Like I had little space for the doors when I was a kid. And now I have an immense amount of space for them now mm-hmm. because I respect them in a ton of different ways. Um, but it was who I was then. Yeah. You know, so and the- you're a product of your influences and what you're excited about and what you get angry about. Well, that, that dovetails back into my original question, which is, do you get the sense that, just the same way that you changed your tune about the doors later. Did Iggy go back and reassess bands like at CSNY or other bands like that, that he thought were lame at the time? Do Is there any, well, you know, I've only heard him as an older man still being mad about oh. <laughs> because I think that like you know. when, when you were, they were just not loved and people just wanted to see the Stooges fucking go away outside of, uh, of their niche folk. And their niche fans were busy dying off and doing drugs. And so it was just their, their, <laughs> their reach was getting smaller and smaller and just vanishing the planet until, you know, <laughs> David Bowie saved his ass, you know? And, mm. but I think that you never get rid of that 
he pro- they probably made him feel small, those giant acts, you know? Yeah. And so you get a chip on your shoulder uh, of like, and you need to have a villain in, in your life when you're full of anger and you come from a fucking Detroit trailer park. You it's know? weird that like he's, I don't know, he put his toe into some pop stuff later in his career. Candy, I don't know candy, that he dismisses candy. pop. I think he dismisses the, the, <laughs> what they sort of were, this big sort of, he viewed them compared to him as this sort of dinosaur, the way a lot of like the punkers hated like Emerson, Lake and Palmer and like right. his big bloated thing. <laughs> Stupid hippie music. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But they're like, what is all this? Like strip it the fuck down. And I agree with that, that mentality. I, I, right. I, I get where it comes from and I. Uh, you know, I'm on I'm on board. It it, it was sort of bloated and corporate right. and ridiculous. I guess it's just weird. Like, here's an example of the opposite uh, position. Uh, there's a I don't remember if it's a TV interview, or an article I read, or something, but um, it was about the Bee Gees, and they were asking Alice Cooper, and this was well past the Bee Gees heyday and everything. And he yeah. goes, "Right, well, at the time it wasn't cool to like the Bee Gees. Yeah. We oh, all yeah. were supposed to hate disco and hate them, right. and so." What people didn't know is like when they would come on the radio and like I'd roll up the windows and crank it because I love the Bee Gees, right? And yeah. so in yeah. the he 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 was admitting like yeah for my cool you know kind of hard rock credibility in Iggy's case it's punk but mm-hmm. Alice Cooper's was his hard rock credibility would have been questioned if he admitted he liked the Bee Gees. So I want right. that's I guess it, that's to me a a man, an older guy who's can kind of say fuck it and that's it's weird yeah. that Iggy still has to hold on to all that. Like there's things to appreciate about CSNY and, and the fact that as a musician, quote unquote, that Iggy purportedly is why he would still be carrying that around. You yeah. It's know? interesting. You imagine like if he's in the, in the, in the, in, you know, talking with his wife about something and she likes this song that he, We're he would probably be like, yeah, right. he'd probably <laughs> be like, no, of course. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a cool thing that they did there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like that bass part or, you know, he's a drummer. So there could be a groove that he likes, you know? So like it, it could, I, I, I believe that the truest reality is this, like here's like me and Jethro Tull. I have been played by, uh, by some friends out here in, in, uh, in, in the great Midwest, upper Midwest that a few songs where I went, all right, that's kind of cool. You know, like less renaissance and things like that. And so I have to, <laughs> I have to admit that there's things going on there and that there, you know, there's. They're ultimately interesting musicians, you know. I, I think Aaron Aaron admitting he actually might enjoy some aspect of Jethro Tull deserves a <laughs> no Kalika hanging up right there, just hanging up right there. Yeah, no, so like I'll I'll admit that like you know, but that may be the fifty one year old man uh, speaking. You know that like I, what is in it for me to continue to dislike? You know, to say nah, they're all full of shit because that's not accurate. Did George um, even answer? Not no, really. No, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really answer. Do you have George? an answer? Yeah. Do you have I, any thoughts on that, George? A, li- a little bit. A, cu- a couple of the, that are. Uh, I, I know what uh, Damon's saying about Gene Simmons, and I was going to use that as an example. And it's not exactly where I found out he didn't like something else, like your example of Iggy Pop, but just separating the person from what they've done, the dancer from the dance. Where um, I think of it like sports teams, and the story I have when I think about Gene Simmons is I. One time when they were doing the um, when they were doing the Kiss convention tour, and I had the brilliant idea of like, no, we're not going to go to the convention. We're going to go there before when they're sound checking when there's no security, and it worked. We went to the Hilton in Burbank, and there they were sound checking. Yeah, and and Gene's just talking to like one other guy, and my friend and I, Sean, are there, and and um, 
this is like 1996, so I'm 30, and, and they hadn't all got back together yet. And I was very upset about the way Gene had been treating Peter and Ace. So, and meanwhile, they were going to get together that night, and I didn't know it. And they were going <laughs> to invite him back. But in that moment, and Sean goes, should we go talk to Gene? And I felt like George Costanza, who can't go talk to George Steinbrenner, because I know I'm going to get in a fight with him. <laughs> I know I'm going to go up to him and go, the way you've treated Peter and Ace, I'm not going to shake your hand, and that's going to be indignant and mad and get in a fight with Gene. Yeah. And part of me thought... <laughs> I'd like to go do that. That'd just be funny to right. do that. But ultimately, I'm like, I'm too, Sean's like, go talk to him. I'm like, I'm too mad. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't go talk to him. I'm too upset. And I thought how, you know, when you got older, how ridiculous that was. But it's the same thing with sports teams where you always love the sport team, no matter who owns it, no matter who the coach is, you might be mad, but you still love, you still love the sport team. And I, and I still love Kiss, even though Gene's in it. And you have to acknowledge, like Aaron's saying, that, that he's, Without him, it's not that band. He's the guy that powers it. He's really the guy that, and Paul does too, but he's the guy that powers it and makes it go. And the the other thing I was going to uh, bring up that's it's rather dark, but I would, uh, I'd have to, it, it's in my head, is that after seeing the Michael Jackson documentary about Neverland and about the allegations against him, can you see his music the same way? And I can't. Hmm. I can't do that. When I, when I hear... His music and I and I separate it too. I'll listen to ABC, but when Beat It comes on, or I can't. I think of it and I I can't. It ruined it for me, hmm. and I can't separate those two things. And it's a little different than what your topic is, Aaron. But that's the thought I had about it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 connected in that in that you know how do you view uh, what someone says about anything. And, right. and, and can you still, or are you still interested in like whatever their tastes are? I feel the same way about yeah. Michael Jackson and I'm almost unable to do it entirely, uh, because of how disturbing it all is, but you know, it is what it fucking is, man. I kind of always thought he was a douchebag. Oh, really? Like even when he was at his peak of thriller and everything, oh, yeah. I always, he was always a fucking weirdo with the, with sleeping in the, in the hyper. Right. And all the stuff. Chamber right, yeah. and, and then the elephant man. And he, he didn't the, have far to fall for you. Yeah, exactly. I, I always thought, well, this guy's a fucking creepy weirdo, and I yeah. like some of his songs, and and, yeah. and I it's a bummer what happened to him with all the facial surgery and everything. And then all the the kids stuff came out, and I went, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do like the I do like the idea, uh, Aaron, that um, we can look. You know, in my journey, you know, did I climb up Wasp Mountain and take a left and forever your girl street? Yeah, but we all got here to get, we're all here together now, aren't we? <laughs> yes, for real. Yeah, it's it's the beautiful differences in us all that uh, make it a more interesting place to be. So, right. you know, you Good say love you. your brother. Love your. I, we we don't say it. We don't we don't actually mean it. <laughs> but that message should be clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, Aaron, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this, even though I think the opposite happened. I have my answer. I have my answer. <laughs> I feel like we answered nothing of your original question. Not really. Not really. <laughs> well, that was yeah. the the most uh, winding, the long and winding uh, kibitz corner we've ever had. But maybe it was the point, though. But we yeah. shared. Was, we shared a great deal. We shared a great deal. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me talking about my breakdown. Uh, my breakdowns, courtesy of Paul Abdul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're then, we're a fucking emo podcast, baby. What's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we put it out there, guys. We put it out there, and we did. We got a lot of crying people like Dan Hill, Aaron. Yeah. It's one sorting the, out all kinds of emotions. <laughs> it's one of the word, word, rules of creativity. You, you put it out there, the people respond or they don't, but you can't be afraid to put it out there. That's right. Gotta put it out. That's what we do here on Ear and Loathing. You know what else we do on Ear and Loathing? Oh, nothing. Just torture people. Just go oh! right down to, oh, shit. Yeah!
torture chamber. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm gonna torture you anyway. Suffering. Here you are, Aaron. In the TC. Another <laughs> revolution around the sun. Aaron, in the Gitmoverse. Where it all began. Aaron in the torture chamber and me and George just giggling and laughing. <laughs> Talking shit. <laughs> it's like those people are like, ah, look at that fucking old man. Fuck that dude. Ha ah, fucking old man. Just because they're not old yet. And they're like, yeah, dude. You're about ha- to be down yet. Yeah, fa- fast Happen- forward. Happens to me to a lot now. Yeah. Very. This fucking old guy. And I'm like, I think he's 46. The, the, bum- <laughs> the bummer is like that, that 21-year-old kid has like, you know, 30 years to get, the- get where we are. But you we have we only have a week, yeah. you know, and Not there we are that. again. I'm, I'm, I'm Your thirty years is just seven short days. I'm a, I'm three <laughs> weeks past that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Based on the fact that last time I went first, yes, I, I think first. George has to go first this time. I go first, and I'm going to call up your song. All right, and I will say before this comes on, we've uh, this this is a reckoning. I think for all of us, okay, maybe mostly Aaron. Um, and uh, we've been dancing around this artist and topic for quite some time, and now we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're we're going to land squarely on it, yep. eh? It's yes, taken us are. 23 eps, and now we're here. Yep. yep. All right, here we go. Here we go. George's torture for Aaron coming right up. Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> dude! I was I was on another one of of this artist's songs yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Or the day before, just trying to, and I went, I'll save that, and then here we are. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Jesus Christ. Oh, there's a beginning because oh, it's great. a video. So you can, here we go. can bring it up here. 30 seconds in if you'd like. Yeah, I'm going to skip, Aaron. And there's our buddy yeah, there's acting his ass off. <laughs> <sighs> all right, now. <laughs> first of all, fuck you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, all right, I, I, it's an interesting strategy. Uh, <laughs> bring it on! Yeah, I, I, it's a very strange strategy, George. I have to say. Okay, okay. here we go. Considering who's in the torture chair. Yes, I know. Very strange, very odd of you to do this. Your strategy is questionable. Anyways, here we go. Boy, <laughs> What year is this? 1991. That late? Yeah, I know. I was surprised, too. It's the yeah. last Genesis album. Because I have... It's so confusing to me. Almost 1992. It's like December 30th, 91. I'm thinking like... I don't know. Maybe like from 1981. I may have the dates wrong, you guys. But basically from like that 10-year period where you'd hear Phil Collins' voice and you had no idea if it was a solo song right. or a Genesis song. Yeah. They, they basically became the same thing. I would say to you that you're that I would think that that's a better argument if you say from the mid 80s, uh, 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 Invisible Touch, yeah, record, the late 80s, from that out. And also, like, it really looks like it's, but there's two massive records for Genesis, and yeah, Phil was having massive records at the time, 
and he was squarely in that middle of the road moment and and assuring that Genesis was going to sound like that too. And so like that was easily 10 years plus. I'll bet you that was because it felt like the stuff that was earlier was a little edgier, Damon, the early half of the 80s, but woo wee. Right. Yeah, yeah, Duke, but what, and, like, Duke and Abacab. Yeah, Abacab and, then, and Paper but, Late and all those songs like then, that. Those could have been just been, those were Genesis, right? Well, they they took a lot. They took a, a big break here. So 83 is the one with Invisible Touch and that's just called Genesis. And then his, he had already had two records before that. He had had Face Value and um, Hello, I Must Be Going. Yeah. Right, and then, mm-hmm. then it was, then he goes all, then he goes all the other records. No Jack required all the hits, and then he makes a, he doesn't make another record with, he makes this record with them, in ninety one, so they're off for like four or five years in between that. But in between that, he becomes this massive, okay, this huge thing, and that that's my thing with, and I'm interested, Aaron, my strategy just to hear what you have to say that. That I think it feels like this song in particular in this album, because it's called We Can't Dance, is anything he did turned to gold. And they didn't really put that much effort in. I'm 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 this song seems to me all at once um arrogant, cheeky, and boring, all in one thing. <laughs> and I I'm, yeah, yeah. From, and I'm, from from prog rockers to have them do this plotting sort of uninteresting thing. Yeah. You know, but but I guess that you could say I I'm guessing some of those prog rockers, the early Pete uh, fans of Genesis probably felt that way when they heard mama, that this is sort of a, this plotting thing. This is in a million parts. Da, da, da. This is sort of, I don't, I don't get this. This doesn't speak to me, you yeah. know, the way that, you know, how they're freaky trippy in the cage and all that other shit uh, yeah. made them feel. But like, I think that because of that though, in, in, they've, they, they probably grew some hubris or like, we can fucking do anything. Yes. Even right. we could even be massively, boring and and also this is a you're getting into a period where phil was getting much darker meaning like his things in his life started to get real tricky yeah right. um around just prior to this record mm-hmm. and i just what i don't know i just i find this chunk of of genesis there's songs on this record that i quite like and this yeah. is not one of them no and, and, and they chose <laughs> it's a, to it's a depressing song they chose to call call the record this and also the way it came about with I didn't know any of this. I was interested to find out that they, the whole thing was they were kind of making, they wrote it as a joke and they're making fun of a Levi's jeans ad. And that's why the whole thing is that the guy, that the Levi jeans guy, all he can do, he can't dance, he can't sing. All he can do is walk. That's his whole job is walking. And hmm. that that's how, that that's all he does. And it was, it came upon how they did it is Phil used to, I think because they thought, that Phil could do no wrong, which I guess he couldn't because this was a massive hit and nominated for a Grammy and everything else. He would just sort of, well, they'd start a groove and he'd start kind of warbling or just saying words. Mm-hmm. And, and he just says something. And yeah, he said something and, and even something stupid is, uh, I can't dance. But somehow they just did decide not to change this and just left it as <laughs> is. Didn't work on any, like, oh, okay, well, let's just do that. And they I guess they thought it was so good. They, I, I didn't know the record was called We Can't Dance. And it was I the We Can't was, Dance tour. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. In addition. But they were doing a thing, I think, on like, look, we're just musicians. We're 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 uh, prog rock musicians. And if you're looking for a stage show, if you're looking for us to boogie and do all these things. And plus, they were like beyond middle age at that point. Yeah. Where I think they were just like, whatever. And they think it's funny. But this is the right. same band that did Illegal Alien and thought I, that was funny. And I, I thought almost, that. I almost I did like, that Boy, that's, that's not a funny. <laughs> that wasn't a, a not funny song then. You know, they it, were it, making a right. political point, 
but yeah. I thought it was rude and gross even then. Yeah. They, Con- yeah, confession. That's yeah. the one I was, yeah, I was yeah, looking, looking at. at yeah. yeah, I almost did it. I, I thought this one was worse. Yeah, and it was. There's a lot of cool yeah. things happening musically in Illegal Alien, but yeah. I, but everything about it is like I don't like Genesis when they think that they're being funny. Right? Yeah, I, I'm not interested in that. And yeah, so do you, do you like this song at all? Because no, I no, thought you not at all. <laughs> but and it doesn't I, mean I dislike any any like. But this 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 period of Genesis, this last record here. Yeah. It was unimportant for them to continue making music together, as far as I was concerned. Do you think there's some compelling money? stuff on Invisible Touch, but not on this record? You think it was just money, like the guys like Tony Banks just needed some dough after being off four or five years? <laughs> he needs to I mean, get really. some more rugby shirts. Yeah, these <laughs> <laughs> rugby I mean, shirts aren't fucking getting cheaper, dog. I guess, I guess not. I just really thought that because Rutherford had kind of you know done okay with uh, Mike and the Mechanics. Mike and the Mechanics, yeah. he had one thing, and uh, you know. Anyway, let's, well, Tony let's Banks look- admits it. Yeah, he's just like he's he's the muso guy, and that's like yeah. on Invisible Touch is is uh, the Brazilian, which is like <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> instrumental. That's that's Tony's part, but right, like Tony also at. does. Uh, Tony's other one was. I mean, Tony's got a ton of hits in their catalog. Yeah. So who knows? let's hear a little more of this crap. <laughs> Here we go. Boy, This is as dumb as the yeah. song that we played before. The the um, what was the Don Henley song we did? Um, All she wants to do is dance. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's really it's cut from the same cloth. It's about the same yeah. tempo. It's that sort of grinding. What the fuck is that noise? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's really just... similar. Where you're like, I guess you're saying something, and you think it'll be cool and sort of grinding it out way, and it's just boring. It just we're yeah. we're getting into the section of the video, Aaron. You're totally right. Where they're. The, the three of them are doing the synchronized dancing. They're funny, easy top walk. Yeah, they're kind of walking funny, in. Yeah. And it's just- Funny it, as fuck. It, it, yeah, it wasn't funny then. It's even more aggravating now. The, like, we, we've already done this where bands who can't really dance do silly dances, like Van Halen, uh, Hot for Teacher video and stuff. And dudes, you guys aren't funny. You guys missed this by like 10 years. It just feels like Aaron was saying too, and I said that they, they could just do anything and Phil could just do anything. And yeah. so if he did it, it was great. And here it is. It, everything had gone too far, just like we said about Warrant and Cherry Pie. Like, this feels like one step too far. This is the record they shouldn't have made. Like, they shouldn't have, like you said, Aaron, they should have left it and they didn't. And it's, they're all around 89, 91. They're all those things are in there where it's just gone too far and the 80s need to be over. Yep. And soon they were. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd, I'd mm-hmm. rather, it's, I even at this time there is there's there were a number of like pretty earnest ballads that he would do with Genesis or even on his own that mm-hmm. really like I like Phil when he's not being ironic or funny when he's like his heart on his sleeve you know I think that that's a very comfortable place for him to be but later on he became an angrier man and so it became I think he entertained that other thing but like that's a that's a psychology yeah. fucking experiment that I'm not interested in getting into with Phil but <laughs> In any case, like if it's just by the song for song basis, that this is this is a song that like I I didn't like in the moment and uh, I don't like uh, now and, and it's let's hear it's a little not more. representative they, of them. The the good news is after the illegal alien song had that uh, kind of backlash to it and everything, yeah. Um, they they shelved their plans to do the song "Me Chinese Me Play Joke Me Go Pee Pee in Your Coke." <laughs> That was an instrumental. It was going to be on the flip side. They, they shelved the idea. No ticky, no washing. <laughs> they all agreed that it probably be taken the wrong way. That not was that probably it was, the wrong not that it was way. bad. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
They were, people aren't ready. They're for sorry it. you were upset by it. We were caught off guard by the illegal alien reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Not being Americans yeah. or having a war. <laughs> right. Not knowing uh, Latinos the way that you Americans do. <laughs> the way they've infiltrated. <laughs> Fucking guys. Should uh, I have not said that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these dicks. All right, here we go. I can talk. Only thing about me is the way I walk. I can dance. I can sing. I'm just standing here selling everything. Yeah, it's just this over yeah, and over yeah, again. Yeah, will right? it be a change? No. Yeah. Well, anyway, no, there's not much change. Yeah, he goes, there's the one, Everything the bridge. in place, right? Yeah. No, that I'm thinking on. In an era when video, you couldn't cut videos faster, like edit quicker takes yeah, right. and, and, yeah. and shots, they wasted like a minute and a half of those three walking across the screen with that stupid oh, walk. Oh, and by the way, people love it. Like, <laughs> Kath loves that. Kath loves I, that walk. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's I the need same to see shit. More of it. I, they love it. Like the, some fans love that shit. I'll be completely <laughs> unsatisfied if I don't see them make the entire length of the screen. Oh, they will. With that stupid walk. <laughs> and they're all wearing those. And my memory is that they're wearing those dumb '90s like black light suits. jeans. No, it's black suits. Black suits. Yeah, black no, the jeans. The jeans are in the other scene. where in the desert. Yeah. You're right about that, but it's about like, jeans. The shirt. And aren't they like tucking <laughs> tucking their black shirts in into those jeans? Yes. In a, in a, in a, in a dumb old man style with a belt on yeah. yes <laughs> assholes. come on guys you've done some awesome shit and we're so cutting edge and so you know but they've always been like uncles who make crazy trippy music yeah but they're, you know yeah, right. they're, they're not this is just a bad look for them like was it important for them to get into the video age despite yeah. having those huge ones the, and the the songwriting inspiration being a what, Levi's jeans ad or something yeah, is that what you said? that's what it is was yeah. it, the drawing from the same you know, sort of craftsmanship source as Moody Blues uh, playing Sorry. <laughs> ah, slipping in the time zone. Yeah. Slipping in the yeah. slide zone. Yeah, same, uh, same idea, yeah. right. Ah, it's a jeans commercial, yeah. huh? Consider your <laughs> Should inspiration. Should we work on this more? No. Consider it's your the way inspiration it is. because you might end up on your in loathing. Right. And the, by the, the cover of this record is jeans. It's, it's the, a thing of jeans. Yeah. yeah. They should have called themselves Genesis. <laughs> Thank you. Good, Good night, night, everybody. Thank you. That, that'll <laughs> do it for us. Oh, boy. Sponsored by 506, the Uncle Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for tucking in sweaters. Uncle jeans. <laughs> Are you an uncle who's tired of those jeans that don't fit right or don't say anything about you? <laughs> Guess what? No no snap or, or zipper. <laughs> Just elastic. <laughs> but still with belt loops. None of the hassle, none of the cool. <laughs> oh, boy. Dumb. This whole record about pants? Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Things about pants. About a jeans ad. The pants lay down on Broadway. They oh. should have just done... <laughs> They should have just done the jeans ad. They should have called it I Can't Pants. And collected some of the... <laughs> oh, here they come again. And they'd all insist on wearing those dopey outfits, either the jeans or the black suits, the black and suit. all have to have shades on. Of course. So oh, yeah. Like, ZZ Top. Like, right. Again, like being, 
ZZ Top did this <laughs> 10 years before. Yes. <laughs> They're dressed like a fucking horn section in a shitty band. They are. You're right. They are. Yes. They are. Yeah, exactly. If, if uh, let's say James Taylor went yeah. out and, and it was like a New Year's Eve show, so they were goofing around, <laughs> that this would be how the horn players would look, right? Yes, you're right. We're going to yeah. do some R&B. Here comes my horn section. They've got shades on, and that's their big. And they do the dance out to the out to the fucking mics. They uh, do that Genesis dance. They do Genesis dance. Yeah, exactly. Good. Aaron, perfect. He's actually putting jeans highlighting the fact that he's he's wearing the jeans with a tucked in shirt and buckling the belt. Yes. People <laughs> it's actually happening in the video as we as yeah. we were watching. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, all th- everything's a fucking laugh, and then when you 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 know, hey, fucking tuck your shirt in. You don't want to look like a fucking hobo. <laughs> Come on, act your age. Come on, guy. <laughs> yeah, they lose all sense of fun right there by tucking things in. I got in a rock and roll to untuck a shirt, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I'm not tucking shit. Right. Well, I and also too. I, I'd read and I, I knew this already, but I had, um, and I think it really shows here. And it, I know we're talking about video again, but this was part of the beginning of the heavy backlash towards Phil about his constant mugging and right. being self satisfied and everything. plus doing a lot of like Disney shitty. That was later. Oh, yeah, the Tarzan song. He, that was he, he doubled down. That was later in the nineties. Into the nineties after this, but but yeah, there was there was this was and in this video he's constantly mugging. He's the star of the video. Everything about that. It's it's and and I, I think that it was that, weird that he he got more like that as his like one marriage after another fell apart. Yeah, and he got in more trouble with you know some things. It sounds like, and it just it, it, I don't know. Maybe he kept doing those moves. Because he was like, he needed to pay for, you know, because in his his mind, like, he could go do a prog rock record that would satisfy the fucking nerds, but like, who's going to buy it? And I've got a divorce to pay for. You know, right. I got to do fucking Disney right. buttfuckers, you know, or whatever the fuck he's got to do. Dough, though. He's like, no, he, no, but yeah, then right, you yeah. lose a chunk every time you break up with somebody. He's no Glenn Fry. He, no, come on. You know, <laughs> I mean, so maybe he just had to, who knows? And then, yeah, and then just, Phil, Phil was supporting Glenn Fry's parents at one point. <laughs> <laughs> With interest, though he charged some interest. Yeah, even but, less reason for Glenn to to bitch. Phil's what, got what covered. I, wondered I what I wondered about in this one shot here we're looking at makes me think of it, and I thought of it anyways. Part of the discussion here was that I, I'd forgotten that he was he was a kid actor, and it feels yeah. like there's something in him that even now is this man who's forty something years old and putting these little pants on and the mugging and everything and wanting that attention comes from being that, and it felt like that to me. Yeah, he was, a, he was a little a mama's little actor. Yeah, um, like when a he little was a kid. yeah, a little cabbage patch man. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> he was funny. Like there's a he part, look like a we used to quote it all the time <laughs> in the um in the really don't you lose my number yeah. in the long yeah. version of that we used to quote it when we were kids. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when those good people come in to pitch him all those different videos, and that one guy's like, "What's this? <laughs> you eat that sandwich? <laughs> Great sandwich!" And then he goes. Who's that on guitar? Daryl Sturmer. <laughs> great. Just great. <laughs> great sandwich. Great sandwich. <laughs> oh, boy. Phil was funny. But but it's, am I, I'm not a Phil Collins defender by any stretch, but 
every time I've seen him interviewed, unless he really knows how to work the camera or the, the thrust of what he's trying to convey about himself, I always felt he was a very likable guy just as a as an interview subject or if he was just being kind of off the cuff. When he's doing all his shticky mugging and all that stuff and, yeah. and his shitty songs and, and you know, th- that was always very aggravating. But I don't – is am I crazy or – Phil Collins doesn't seem like a bad guy. Well, I don't think was... he is. I think he has a heart broken and he had, ran into some trouble. But I, I think he's a good man. And fuck, he's an incredible fucking drummer. So the dude yeah. – when the dude's doing those fucking limp-ass jams – that he did later solo career and stuff like inside of that song is a guy who's among my favorite drummers easily. Yeah. And he's, yeah. and that has no presence in his, in his experience. I mean, it's astounding that the guy who is one of the best that ever was is doing these piano bass limp jams, you know? Well then, then which, which, you know, sort of devolved into Casio based jams, yeah. you know? Let's play your Lamora song. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sitting here looking at yeah. Phil Collins's crotch. Yeah, which is on great. freeze frame. Which is great. Yeah. I didn't need that today. The song is glacial. It just, it's, 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 it's just, like, I just fell down like it's just so yeah, the, it I, just is so plotting and yet so arrogant at the same it's crazy how would the yeah we're watching each other the, the, the video is barely watchable don't get me wrong but at least there's there's some movement that your eye can focus on because I'm imagining that audio by itself of what's going on right now yeah. in the song and it's just you're right it's just like ugh. yeah it's like they just say oh, let's leave it like this I just and also like the other sort of plotting moody songs of theirs mama and the and the yeah. incredible songs that filled it on his own yeah. are there's a menace to them and they have they have the ability for three goofy english guys to create a very menacing vibe when they want to mm-hmm. but but and this i mean in theory they're doing a they're doing a don henley move here but like they're being silly and so it's at once plotting and they're trying to be funny so like yeah. I don't know what the fuck. This it's is. all these different scenes. Like it starts in the desert. They end up on the beach. Now they're in a, a kind of like a, a dive bar. Right, and they all match the lyrics. Exactly. Oh, is that what's going yeah, yeah. on? Oh yeah. They're all, oh. the lyrics are the same. Now this one's about a pool. Well, him About him getting beat at a pool game or something. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Listen, it's fascinating. <laughs> I wish you hadn't told me that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they're I was all right on the nose. Like, that truth. He's at the beach. The lyrics are about the beach when he, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right on the nose. Yeah. Young punks stealing beer on my shoes. Bad guys talking to me, trying to steal my blues. His blue jeans. <laughs> Is that what he's steal done? my blues? His blue jeans. Yeah. <laughs> so what he's betting his jeans in a, yes. in a pool game? Yes, he is. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> Oh, is, are they all three going to walk out or do the dance out in their underwear? Just no, go. Jesus no, Christ. Just, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm already writing this in my head. Like they're, they're doing that stupid dance, but that all would, in their underwear. That would have been better. Really? <laughs> Sorry. They just they're, now they're looking up at the camera, Aaron. They're doing their little black suit dance. It's a brilliant move. Got his pants. Go. Well, <laughs> all right, thanks, Phil. 
Oh, the guy collects blue jeans? I guess. He's a certain giant pile of blue jeans. Sorry, folks, we're watching the stupid video, but it's, it's you know. It's, it's, it's part a, of what this it's, is. It's a car crash, and we can't help but look at it. This album was co-produced by uh, Big Pants. Big Pants. <laughs> the Big Pants industry. They're, they're, see, they're lampooning the Levi, Van, Levi, Levi commercials, which I don't remember. Yeah, it was I mean, a Levi commercial where the guy was a model and was always picking up chicks or something, and I don't, I don't remember it. Yeah. I don't remember that video or that commercial thing at all. Oh, so there's a bunch of guys sitting in the bar with their pants off. Uh huh. <laughs> because this fool shark just got all this their big jeans. fat guys taking their jeans. Yeah, I don't know why. See. <laughs> let's go with the pants theme all right what does that have to do like is that funny like what does that have to do with he he no he just started doing the lyrics there they start this jam in that blues thing he's playing okay yeah, yeah. and they, they talk all about this and then tony comes in with the piano and phil starts just saying i can't dance as a placeholder because that's how yeah. they write the songs and they and but so, what is what does the guy, the pool shark with jeans, have to do with anything? Is it just just a funny, well, sticky? He said so, something thing? about shooting. Pool. I think maybe the Levi in the Levi commercials there was different setups where a guy was at the beach, a guy oh. in Levi's was at a pool hall, and so he wrote about that. He was kind of just singing about this commercial as a joke. Yeah. But then it's never changed it. Yeah. They just left it and made the whole album based. Here, around, here's the problem: no the whole, one remembers the, the no one remembers that commercial. Probably at the time, a lot of people hadn't seen it, and he's doing this whole ridiculous video that is parroting a thing that nobody knows. <laughs> like, why did you? I don't remember that being big. But maybe it was. There were a lot of guests. It's, it's and like someone doing a parody of the Ear and Loathing podcast. Like, <laughs> no one's like if if Joe Rogan did a parody of this, everyone would be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> And a million views for us the next day. <laughs> Your new direction is boring. Suddenly start making a lot more sense, though. Make it more plotting if you can. <laughs> Joe, are all your future podcasts going to be about pants? <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. And there's still like a good fucking two minutes. Oh, yeah, I okay. know. How much longer this do we have to do? We're three minutes in. Keep it going. All right. You know. Looking on the perfect body with a perfect face. See, his face isn't perfect. Ha, huh? mm-hmm. see? <laughs> it's another one of those songs, just like that Don Hanley song, where like you, you came into the room, you just know a shitty song is on, and don't know how long you've got to deal with it. Yeah. Because it like, sounds the same you're, you're start think, to finish. Yeah, you're thinking, should I leave and come back in 10 minutes? Because <laughs> hopefully by then it'll be done. Or, or maybe or, this is already about to be fading out. Yeah, right. You just don't know. Um, let me say this, too. I'm not... I uh, I did this for Aaron, whether... My strategy is good or not, Aaron. I don't know. <laughs> but the I, I I'm not a, I'm not a uh, I don't hate Phil Collins. I didn't love Genesis. Yeah, I wasn't a big Genesis. You know, I the uh, I have a friend of mine named Jerry Howell, who was the closest thing I had to a big brother. He loved Genesis. So when I was like, he's ten years older than me. When he was when he he loved Genesis and all the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and all that, and it was way too old for me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was a kid. And then. I remember, and then when you know when Susudio and that and came out, I, I did, it didn't bother me. I liked it. It didn't. I don't like it now, and it's real fucked out. But I wasn't bothered by any of his music or his songs or anything. This I didn't. I was kind of aware of this later, and I remember going with Jerry to see the Abacab show. And I remember Phil and he and I are 
Jerry and I are on kind of both sides of Genesis there. And I remember Phil coming out and saying, okay, look, I know all of you don't want us to do any, any, they, you, all of you want us to do all the, the old shit. We're going to do some of the old shit and some of the new shit. In the middle, we're going to do old, new old shit, okay? <laughs> and everybody laughed. Yeah. And it diffused the whole right. feeling of Abacab and that. And, and really, I thought that's where they were in the right place right there. Yeah. Abacab is a great record. It is. And yeah. all those up to, up to Invisible Touch rule. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, and then and then yeah. this just as I said, it's just too fucking far. This is like Billy Joel to me, where he's being hit slowly by big, huge. Billy's was rabbit punches. This is just big, just big laughs hitting you in the head repeatedly, just slow, and you can't stop like, them. Haymakers, haymakers, and you can't stop them. You can't stop it. You can't block. You're like too tired, and you can't block. <laughs> Boom! Two more minutes. Boom! So give I, us a little more. And then was we'll this a hit? Huge. Huge. Their tour was called yeah. the We Can't Dance Tour. The, they, yeah. I get like Genesis is all, at this in this time period. Genesis was mm. is always going and probably still does mm. uh, sell tickets to concerts. I, no, I don't know. This was a this was a high charting, if not number one yeah. single. Okay, yeah, all over the That's world. That's my question. Was, like, like, oh, and no, a Grammy a nominated. Can, Grammy nominated. Like, the Stones can <laughs> put out you know like Voodoo no, Lounge yeah. album and then do a Voodoo Lounge tour. The tour is going to make billions of dollars. Yeah. The, the album itself may not do that great. Mm. Uh, you know so. That the I'm this just one, one did both. Okay, yeah, that's the weird part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, what did you say, Aaron? Like uh, top five or something? Or yeah, yeah, no, easily yeah. Or, yeah. around the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. UK, okay. everywhere. Huge. It was a huge success for them. Yep, it was. Okay, everything tour, everything. We got like another minute. And, well, I here, think, and of, here's the th- here's the thing about it too is that you can tell in the video that they ran out. This you can tell this song's run out of creative juice because Aaron, they're now cutting to black and white behind the scenes of the stuff we've already seen. Yeah, hijinks because uh, they don't have anything left to go to. Right, they, they've done that walk across the screen about fifty times. Yeah, so they've got <laughs> nothing else to do but should outtakes and right and behind the scenes. And then stuff. the thing we don't need to see at the end, which was also because it, it didn't have anything to do with the song, but it's part of this video. Is it and Phil does a complete Michael Jackson bad thing, like where I remember all the noises, like when he's zipping everything. Yeah, yeah. He does a whole thing like that at the end of this video. What year was bad? Like eighty five is bad, Aaron. I think. No, it was eighty seven. Eighty seven. Still, it's four years old at this point. Yeah, yeah. But they do a whole Michael Jackson because he wanted to let everyone know that he could dance. (laughs) U.S. Main Street Rock, mainstream rock on Billboard. This got to number two. Yep. Um, yep. Adult <laughs> contemporary where it should have spent most of its time. It only got to 26. It's probably too rocking. A little too rocking? No, this isn't too rocking for Kath. But and we can we can let it go now. And seven I'll, I'll let on you go. US Billboard and seven on UK. I'll let I'll let you go on this. It's <laughs> it was a huge hit. It was Grammy nominated. Nothing else is gonna happen. Well, all right. We the, turn to you, Damon yes, <laughs> It's my my turn to shine. Yes. So yeah, this one is we don't have to watch the video, although I did include the, I have the audio playing here. George won't see the video. It's the audio from the video. My point being is there's some dialogue and stuff that happens in the, in the video that I think is important to the, the song itself. And really the only way we ever were exposed to this song was the, the video. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So um, you know, I just realized is is this the first time you never told me your your year ahead of time? So I'm completely surprised. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah. I knew just not to tread on yeah, your no, guys' years. Okay. That's, so that's I, fine. Just, I, I just I realized just I have no through. expectation at all. Okay. I, I now know it's in the video era. Okay. Then... <laughs> so here we go. Ready? Yeah. So I'll explain the dialogue. You don't need. You can kind of figure out what's going on, especially if you've seen this video before. But um, I'll explain it as we go. It's a larf. Here we go. Where are you going tonight? Out. Mark, please tell me where you're going. I don't know. Maybe the club if you're dancing. Be careful driving, will you? Let's go. I'm driving. What are you talking about? I have a car right here. Anyone getting it yet? Mm-mm. I, uh, no. I, 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 it's this, something about that mute. This the music though that I'm, it's, it's, it's tickling me the original scene or the first scene we just went through was was the mom asking the son where he was going out that night okay okay they're kind of yeah. suburban house and okay. he's going out the door to okay. meet his friends oh jesus Jesus. It's like, it's, I think that adding machine's back here. <laughs> it's the revenge of the adding machine. Like, you fucking want to talk some shit? Oh, God. It's like a super adding machine. It's like a supercomputer adding machine. Yeah, it's like when the robots take over. It is. It's like it's the, it's it's the, the, digital the computer machine. from War Games. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, this is the, the, this computer volunteered. The Womper, right? The Womper? In, yeah. In the, yeah, right. This, this computer volunteered to help out the, uh, the, the, the robots from uh, Terminator. And they said, mm-hmm. we're good, dude. We're, we're Wait fine. over there. Yeah. We, we got this covered. Call you if you need, yeah. if we need you. <laughs> Scarier than Skynet. <laughs> Here we go. Jesus. Sort of a uh, sound of the Orient. <laughs> is this song called Headache? Because this <laughs> <laughs> is just is the intro. Singing? Is there singing or what? We're get. We're gonna okay. get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> okay. This is the shit they that they made us watch when we were kids. Okay. We'd plunk us down in front of the video, MTV, and this shit would come on. Okay. He and his wife have had problems. And he's played up like nothing's wrong. Oh. Is this Don't Drive Drunk? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What's Don't, don't what is Drive it? Drunk. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is this? It's, I remember that. Oh, <laughs> Stevie don't Wonder, drive drunk. Don't Drive Drunk. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> is this a real song? Oh, God. Yeah. I know it. Stevie Wonder. Where yeah. did you find this? Because <laughs> oh, I was just thinking right now, I was like, I'm, I'm existing in a space where this is kind of funky. Like when I said this is something of the Orient, I was like, somebody's having fun. That's kind of cool. That yeah. reminds me of like the Thompson Twins or something. And then I thought, oh, no. It's, <laughs> as soon as I heard his voice. I, is it a oh, PSA? No, I know this. Or something? Yeah, it's it's yeah, funny, actually. Aaron. It's funny you say that that um, someone's having fun because I I don't know why Stevie agreed to do this. It's it. There's not a lot of connections. I mean, he did. Maybe work. he got it. He was arrested and had to do this as penance. No, he wasn't. He he I, wasn't I, driving. His explanation <laughs> well, was have. that when he was a kid and some someone else was driving, obviously, but they got hit by a drunk driver. And that, I see. But so, I but it's personal. Okay. There's no. 
sort of connection between someone approaching him to do it and him agreeing to do it. But <laughs> and so <laughs> I think a blowjob. I don't know. <laughs> after, after I listened to this a couple times, I went. I think he wasn't taking it that seriously, so he was able to have a lot of quote quote fun. It's not fun to listen to because it's a really stupid, you know, oh. Casio song, but. He, I think he was just experimenting with it because he's like, no one's ever going to hear this fucking thing. <laughs> Don't drive drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if yeah, I turn like, this into the I... sheriff, talking to his attorney, if I turn this into sheriff's department, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. I can just get credit, yeah. right? I get so off I with thought, my charge. I haven't thought of this or the notion of Stevie having a song called Don't Drive Drunk since 1980, whatever the fuck it came out. Like I, yeah, it, it was, you know, This was 1984. But Jesus. it stayed so fresh in my mind that I just needed that two context clues to pull it out of it. In 1984, it was before high school. But by yeah. the way, I was just thinking that I, I'm 17 in 1984. This song probably was for me. Like yeah, that. right. Yeah. I, You're on your way to the Wasp it, show. Yeah, exactly. I brought a Wasp while I'd had a couple of pops. <laughs> and each uh, verse covers kind of a scenario where someone's going to drink and drive. Boy, I can't wait to hear those. Yeah. Uh, I'll, imagine, I'll see where we are. Each of them, imagine George as the video actor in each of them wearing his parachute <laughs> pants. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. In, the, in my tiger skin sleeveless shirt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Avoiding meat, hurled meat. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Jilly comes home from work early. Just to find the girl is gone. He and his wife had, have had problems that he's played off like nothing's wrong. Till he comes home from work early to just to find the girl is gone. Here we go. Okay. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. Jan and Spin. Decides to take a spin. Yeah, right. I just, I was, I was, I took the headphones off because he's. I'm just his vocal sounds buried underneath that just bed of <laughs> blaring synthesizer, like but a rumbling synthesizer, just right. Yeah, can you guys not hear him that well? I can't hear him that well. Well, it could be the sound system in the room. Well, like, that's what I tried with both, and I yeah. still can't. Okay. Yeah, it's not a it's not a great song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we come into the chorus. Okay. Which surprisingly, he says, "Don't drive drunk." drunk it's yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't <laughs> Sounds like he's drunk. <laughs> he just said, "Mothers against drunk drivers are mad." Yeah. Okay. That's why I feel like he got in trouble. <laughs> I'm telling you that he, he had part of his penance. He had yes. to do this, and he goes, "He goes, well, I could, I could speak in metaphor and analogy, and and then in the verses be very specific, but then." You know, don't make a mistake or something like that as, as the chorus. So <laughs> did he write this? You're saying he didn't finish the thought. It's mothers against drunk drivers are mad at me. Uh, right. <laughs> right. He was caught speeding. Almost killed like some he, a, he shouldn't have been driving in the first place. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, line. like, driving but, while blind is worse than driving who knows drunk, what he, isn't it? <laughs> cocaine is beautiful, baby. And somebody <laughs> probably said, Steve, you do it. And then they're like, nobody wants to bust Stevie. I in this, sure drunk, do. you know. And so he, they're like, look, if you just fucking do a PSA, he's like, I'm not doing that. Do a song. We'll oh. write it. <laughs> There's uh, look, you guys could be right, but I, I didn't find any evidence that that was true. In fact, he got in, in some trouble because the poster that went along with this campaign, this this public service campaign, and the song had a picture of Stevie, and it said something to the effect of, um, "Oh, 
it's a, instead of driving with a drunk driver, I'd rather drive myself. Right. It's right. Yeah. I remember that now. So yeah, I, yeah. I get the sense that like he was responsible enough, whether he was drunk or high to know that he's blind and not to drive a car, but <laughs> I could be wrong about that. I don't know. He'd <laughs> rather drive with him than with someone. Drunk. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were enough times where both he and he and Prince would often choose to die on certain hills that you're like, I'm just not sure why they're making a huge, you know, when Prince would be angry at the internet, you know, like, I don't know, Prince. <laughs> yeah. I, it just seems that there's other things you could be screwing around with. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, that, I mean, it could just be this, this madness of a chaotic genius mind will occasionally just land on these things where you're like, you know, it is, maybe he lost like a niece or something like that because somebody did something horrible and he just decided I'm not doing anything this summer. I might as well do a PSA. <laughs> you know, who knows? It could have been that easy. Or he, you know, somebody in his clique got, got in trouble and he offered to do this and, so that they wouldn't be put in jail. Who knows? It, yeah. And then there's no media about it because yeah. as far as the world is concerned, no one knew about that. You know, who knows? It just seems odd to, to do this PSA. You're both coming up with good theories, but I don't – This is look, this is the era of dare. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 And uh, just say no. Yeah. And parents against PMRC with the, right, label, yeah. the record labels and everything. So there's a, there's a lot of like- Parental Music Research Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of parents and mothers- a center, by the way. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're always lecturing us about, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And it, and there's a lot of concerned mothers, you know? Yeah. And meanwhile, they're all fucking tooting and tiffing it back themselves. Of course, oh, yeah. yeah. And so- it was just the the feeling that God, I found another song. It has nothing to do with drunk driving or any of this stuff, but it's another public service song from the '90s that I, I don't know if I even have the fucking wavos to, to introduce this song. <laughs> that can be another time. That can be another yeah, moment maybe. in time. Don't tell us now. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm not going to tell anything about it other than like, there's always going to be these kind of time periods or something going on in a time period. Everyone thinks it's a good idea to hop on that message. Mm -hmm. you know and so this was a lot of warning kids about Trump the dangers driving, of fill right. in the blank yeah. and maybe stevie and the record company and everybody just went oh okay let's just do that thing by the way the weird part is this song it wasn't like a, a single that was released or anything it just came out at the end of the woman in red soundtrack it just stuck on an album on, on a soundtrack album this just aaron's right this just reeks of a public service that because he got in trouble Somebody got in trouble, and, and then he was did. like, "Well, there has to be. Yeah, There's just no let's reason. put it somewhere." And then the yeah. woman in red's like, "Oh, like well, it's another Stevie song." Yeah, right. So like, just put it on there. Maybe people will think it's him being funny or something. Is there any he, drunk he, driving in the woman in red? I, <laughs> no, I, I read that the song isn't featured in the movie. Okay, and he did the whole soundtrack, by the way. He yeah, had, right. he was involved right. in creating and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so I think whatever for whatever reason, I think it was his project that was going on at the time, Woman in Red. And you go, oh, I got this drunk driving song too. I'll just slap that on there. Wow, weird. Uh, you guys are maybe right. I and I didn't look deep yeah. enough into why he was he no, was they, sort of you, bullied you, you into doing you, this. You look deep enough. They just don't want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody in a circle, and then he's like, "Look, I'll fucking do this, and then we'll put it out and make some money on it too." You know, can, can we tour, with, maybe a can some we tour with a different keyboard player? No, man, it's got to be fucking Johnny. <laughs> we got to get him fucking out of this. How are we going to do it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or like the soundtrack people were like, look, our contract says this. You, there's, you're missing a song. And then he goes, well, there's that goofy song I wrote because, you know, Gary got busted. <laughs> we just, put, <laughs> Gary. just put this on there, yeah. you know, get him out of Dutch and me out of Dutch too. Right. Okay. Let's hear a little more of this. All right, here we go. Uh, I'll keep you guys uh, informed in the lyrics. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we just got through the chorus where the mothers against drunk drivers are, are mad. mad. Right. Okay? okay, so first two. Okay, guys, let's go. Time to 
party. Yes, man, I just want to catch a bug. You can tell what's going on there. Yeah, catch a buzz. Yeah, yeah the, the the kids are going to go out for a good time, and one of the guys is, you know, kind of excessively drinking. He's not there to just have a good time. He's there to get drunk. And so one there's question. a lot of scenes of, of his friends pushing his arm down as he's as he's taking the beer to his mouth. Is there a sound of a car crash anywhere in this song? <laughs> there, there probably should. I think the song itself is a car crash. If that counts. I gave yeah, that it's, a dangerous, I it's a dangerous, it's a jackknife. <laughs> It's a jackknife semi. Song. <laughs> oh boy. There's, there's a couple shots of the video of, of burning corpses. Oh, oh. Yeah, you know. oh no. <laughs> suddenly, whoa. Let's take a dark turn. Okay. Bad turn. All right, so there's a little more dialogue from the video, and here we go into the next verse. that yeah you know i have to say that like there's <laughs> it's chaotic but there's a fucking serious funk happening inside there is, of this yeah, truck there is like, wonder yeah. there yeah, there's be. like five different ideas all being funky all at the same time <laughs> and you can't hear the vocal because of it <laughs> yeah and he's sort of and then he's and he's doing a a a, a funny sort of if you know what it fucking feels like is sort of like Phil Collins style is that he's just, he's, this is a placeholder vocal. And the first thing he said, he's like, I don't know. Fuck. Don't drive drunk. That's fucking it. I suppose. Fuck it. Sounds like he, he's, he's making the words up while he's thinking, singing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it feels yeah. like. Right. I'm just sketching out. A, yeah. a, Explode and road. Okay. Yeah. It'll be that's something all like this. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> sketch of a, of an idea it'll be something like this certainly i'll change this probably won't even be it about drinking or driving <laughs> i like the fact that he said like i'm i'm pretty sure no matter how drunk you get lighting a cigarette near a drunk person isn't going to cause anyone or anything to explode <laughs> all the ethanol is, is so severe there <laughs> yeah. we go oh, oh but bartender says i don't think so Yeah, so no one took the guy's keys as he stumbled out the door. Yeah. They should have borrowed uh, Stevie's keys to the studio and, 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 <laughs> and just shut it down during this inspirational time for him. Just like, no, I don't know. We can't get in, Steve. I, you know, I don't know. We called somebody. No, we told him it was you. Of course we did. Uh, They're well, still not coming. It's hard to get a locksmith in L.A. At, uh, this it's Easter. What are you going to do? Am I, am I right? <laughs> it's Easter. It's Easter. This town shuts down. This town I, shuts down. Sorry, it's Easter. not a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> Had too much wine at church. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love that. Um, I ca- I heard that. And I went. God, that's it's a bunch so- of noises, but it sounds like lyrics. No, 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 no. That little effect. I'm like, oh, that's that's from the SNL sketch David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> when the two skeletons are dancing. Right. right yeah. Right. Yeah. David <laughs> that's where they took it from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The look on George's face. <laughs> Someone discovered the emulator and you can do all the different, right? The, whatever that keyboard's called. Yeah. The, yeah. Right. <laughs> Stevie, did, did you press the right button there? Do you need help there? No, that was the one I wanted. Okay. <laughs> the song makes me want to drink. 
yeah. Like perhaps you know, I'd still call an Uber because I'm you know I'm a citizen. But, yeah, you know. I, yeah, I feel like the best way to listen to this song is driving down the street after a few pops, just like <laughs> yeah. cranking it and yeah. just boogieing. Yeah. yeah. And then getting pulled over and being like, hey, huh? Waving to the <laughs> yeah, cop yeah, as you yeah. go by. No, 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 no. While, while you're holding a beer. Just <laughs> <Yeah. try> to... <laughs> yeah. But you can't pull me over. I'm listening to this. It, 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 it mitigates it, bruh. <laughs> I'm a mobile PSA. I don't care if you're drunk. This song's terrible. I'm, I'm arresting <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> arresting for, for Sonic this song. assault. Sonic yeah. assault. Yeah, yeah speaking, of, speaking of cops and uh, getting pulled over, that's what the next verse is about. And Stevie, in in his genius, is able to work the word breathalyzer into this verse. Paralyzer. <laughs> I kid you not. Okay. Musical bridge. Uh, During the bridge section, there's a there's a shot of a of a drunk kid driving off a bridge. Well, there you go. <laughs> I wish I was in the car. <laughs> I wish I was in the trunk of the car. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep it playing, Dan. Keep oh. it playing. I, I, I just, I, I'm enjoying that Thompson Twins part. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds like some. It sounds like Grandpa's drunk um, at uh, drunk at Christmas on the um, you know on the the thing he used to have that made all the drum noises and the oh the organ they would play the, in the, the mall the organ yeah like yeah. like that yeah. that has all the you know that sounds like oh, Grandpa's drunk <laughs> at Christmas playing that just making noises like, <laughs> he'll fall asleep so just don't worry let him play yeah. he thinks he's, he likes to sit down there and he he turns on the the rumba rhythm and then he just messes around he with snoodles around he, he, he took lessons as a boy yeah. <laughs> His mother made him. Okay. You guys want to hear Amazing Grace? Oh. <laughs> All right. Boy, I was a girl on the first day. Gets pulled over by the law. Officer says, hey, can't you drive straight? Or have you been drinking alcohol? One step out of your car, please. Get that. Cop, yeah, yeah. Step out of your car. Yeah, yeah. Right, here we go. Oh, that's the me. Man, are you crazy? going on jesus this is just a disaster <laughs> proves he's charged like but results from the breathalyzer proves he's charged with dui <laughs> it sounds like to me that it sounds like he's fuck stevie's just hammered out of his mind and, and he's he's the one at the, ironic <laughs> he's he's at the party and he's working the keg hose and, and and he's got the and he just he just keeps putting it in his mouth. He's so he's having a good time. He's dancing yeah. to his own song. And then you come over with your Dixie cup. You go, okay, Steve, can I have a little bit? And then he's just singing the song all crazy and then whipping the the tube all around. You're just like, I just wonder if I could maybe just get a hit there, Steve. He's yeah. like, whoa, woo, 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 using the hose as the mic. Yeah, yeah, spray, yeah spraying the hose up in the air, using it as a mic. I just wonder if I might just yeah. be able to get a few suds. Steve, Steve could you wipe off the nozzle first? Steve, uh, fill me up. Fill could me you up. Just had your mouth fill on me it? up. Steve, I'm, I'm literally in front of you. Any shot? Yeah. Any shot of me getting it? No, I guess. You're nice. A microphone again? Okay. Fill me up. Fill All me right. Up. 
<laughs> I wonder if now, maybe if you're done between now. All right. No, okay. Between Steve, verses, the, I thought the I first had a three shot. times you, you sprayed me with the beer hose. It was funny. <laughs> this time, could maybe you, just... maybe you thought my cup was there. <laughs> is there a... I'm here to tell you that wasn't the case. <laughs> is, is there is there a keg inside the house or just this one out here by the pool? <laughs> yeah, Steve, is this just the one keg here? That's my only option. <laughs> I have to say, Steve, I'm surprised that you're working. Uh, you know, is this a downstairs keg? There's an upstairs keg? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go up to that one and hope there's not a blind guy who's drunk <laughs> serving it. No offense. Bye, Steve. See you, man. <laughs> and as you walk away, he's singing the song at you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Don't die, <laughs> I, Well, I'm never going to be drunk. Because you <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm trying. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. Party, party over. <laughs> All right, uh, so the kid, he, he just failed the DUI. Um, the, the only reason we have to play the song to the end is there's a kind of iconic moment where the drunk kid goes outside to, to get in his car. Well, And okay. you can't see it, but I'll explain what happens. If you want to, you're welcome to go watch the video yourself. It's oh, still thanks. available. No. But uh, I'll tell you what happens. Here we go. How much have you had to drink tonight? Yeah, so we're still in the cop scene where where the kids getting the breathalyzer and everything. We're about to get to the the asshole kid at the club who was drinking too much and his friends were trying to stop and we're going to end on that scene. Let's get to the place where he's in the jail cell and he's asleep. <laughs> and this Sleeping is over. Yeah. <laughs> his mom's waiting for him outside in the parking lot with a stern look on her face. Right. Let's get to that scene. Yeah, so the friend, the, the sensible friend who the, an earlier said, hey, let's take my car. And the kid goes, no, I'm driving. So now the, he's going, let me drive. And the kid's really, you know, being belligerent about, no, he wants to drive. And so there's, a, there's this kind of standoff here. Okay. And watch, watch what happens. It's very dramatic. I just painted that picture, didn't you I? You did. You yeah. just yeah. very good narration. Here we go. Hey, would you guys get off with it? Right? Yes, please. We're not going to let him drive. Mark, for the last time, give me the kids. No way! What kind of friend are you? So Stevie approaches suddenly. I was going to say, don't tell me Stevie drives by. He comes in and he, and he grabs the kid's hand that's holding the keys. Yeah. And now here's Stevie's line. Okay. You remember the scene, Aaron? No. Oh, no. Wow. I thought this was the, the most famous scene of the whole uh, thing. I, Aaron was too drunk to remember. <laughs> I was drunk at the time. It was 1984? Yeah, I was drunk. The whole year? Yeah. <laughs> Check. This, this video put me in the mood for a beer. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Look, give him the keys. Please. Stevie. Walked out and prevented the kid from uh, becoming possibly a, uh, a statistic. He's an angel. Yeah. <laughs> so this whole this this whole mess of a song, and then it gets serious at the end. Yeah. Look, <laughs> give me the keys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like goddamn spring break, uh, uh, New Orleans it style. Does. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Throughout, and then, uh, then, <laughs> then Mr. Fucking Mr. Mr. Crash the Good Times. And, and, and by the way, it's funny. It's funnier because he's blind, right? We is Killjoy Wonder over here. Yeah, I'm just having a fucking rager and a half. <laughs> uh, so, just because I did the research into this, I have to 
Sure. Leave me with this now that the song's over. Please. So I found a study that was done in between the years of, oh, nothing, 1984 and 1998. Mm -hmm. I guess it was a 14-year study by the Department of Transportation, Mm -hmm. U.S. Department of Transportation, about drunk driving, about kids and alcohol, binge drinking, and, and all this stuff. And they they found that miraculously, drunk driving went down statistically a ton, like by sixty percent or something. So, and they were trying to figure out what caused the decrease in it. And and there's a, there's a, I'm going to tell you the whole list very quickly. One minimum legal age uh, drinking to twenty one. They yeah. all the states kind of right. went to that at yes. one point. Yes, because um, it was kind of haphazard. One was, one wasn't. Oh, yeah. Okay, zero tolerance laws was another thing. Law enforcement another one. School and community youth pro- programs was another one. And by the way, parenthetical thought to this one, I, I love the names of these of these groups because you had your sad and your mad with students and mothers mm-hmm. against drunk driving. There's one called STAND, which stood for Students Taking a New Direction. There was This you is my no, favorite. You had a no fun in parties. <laughs> <laughs> there was GAMMA. This was uh, fraternities and sororities. GAMMA which stood for Greeks Advocating Mature Management of Alcohol. Oh, what a joke. What a joke. <laughs> there was um, Sober, Stay Off the Bottle, Enjoy the Road. <laughs> and this is my favorite, and I think this one must have been created as a joke, I think probably by a fraternity or something. It was Bacchus, which Bacchus was the, the Greek god of wine. Yeah. Jim Bacchus? Yeah, yeah. Jim Bacchus. And that, that one stood for Boost Alcohol Consciousness Concerning the Health of University Students. <laughs> <laughs> so i love those so, so that was another thing was these kind of programs youth like high school and, and yeah, college programs i b- belonged to none of those there was i was a, <laughs> i was 17 in 1984 <laughs> i think some of them were jokes that must have been college students going all right let, what, what's the most ridiculous let's do bacchus there you go asshole and, uh, why don't you just call it like the wellington committee like it's enough already <laughs> yeah like, stop with your fucking names it's not important yeah so that you, who's going to refer to this group so often that they again that they then go see that's why we named it that it's because you're you have to say it now yeah right fuck <laughs> off yeah so the the other uh factors that contributed to uh drinking and driving going down was measures to control adult drinking and then so, some other external factors uh like more kids were going to college therefore they were on the campus and they were drinking on the campus they, they figured out all this stuff it was a 14 year study yeah, by the government yeah, yeah. On that long list of factors I just read you, guess what wasn't on there? Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, don't drive drunk. <laughs> or to be to be uh, even more uh, kind of comprehensive about it, none of these fucking programs are like dare and don't say no to drugs and all this stuff. None of that shit works. That's why I this song aggravates me so much. Just generally speaking, it's a silly song. Maybe even his heart was in the right place and the organization who he worked with on it that that's fine no i'm not condoning drinking and driving or anything it's just this all this shit was bullshit all of it was bullshit all this shit they were feeding us when we were kids it was all crap and so it it doesn't work it never worked it's when they were talking about lyrics and heavy metal songs and we said the the pmrc and the print song so it's all bullshit we knew it when we were 14 and it's all proven to be bullshit decades later so all of you can go fuck yourselves nancy reagan (laughs) I violate your corpse. I'm, dude, I'm David Pipitone. I'm running for Congress in the Independent Party. I'm David Pipitone. I'm drunk and I'm running for Congress. And I approve this message. I approve this message. And so does Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and so does Jack Daniels. So does Jack Daniels, who supports me. So there you go, Aaron. You got a couple wow. uh, a couple uh, torture songs there for you. 
what a bunch of shitters. Um, I will say, I will say uh, that I think I, I, I just enjoyed the too many aspects of the music of don't drive drunk to, to say that it's, to say that it's worse than uh, I can't dance, which is just uh, abysmal and just a dirge. And this is just not a dirge. This is like, this is like uh, as fun sounding as Lionel Richie wishes that, Dancing on the ceiling it song was. sounded. <laughs> right. This sounded way more fun, but this was about not having a party. Yeah, which is <laughs> strange. This was um, laying on the floor, not dancing. <laughs> Crashing on the highway. <laughs> and this song was just sounded like a blast. Uh, <laughs> it's it the sound about, of drunk like, people like reveling, right? Like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, about to choose poorly. But uh, you know, listen. Yeah, now I, I got to give it to George. Uh, All right, uh, for this one, George. Three in a row. The winner takes it all. So before you drive home, George, let's celebrate by having a drink. Oh, yeah. I'm having a couple of pops after this. <laughs> Knock a few back. I hope this sorbet takes – I'm at five drinks now, and I'm looking to take me down to two with this sorbet. So it's all on you, friend. <laughs> Suddenly there's a knock on the door, and it's Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. George, give me the, give give me me the, the keys. keys. Please. <laughs> well, I think Majel has something to say about mm. this as we go into uh, our next segment. More editing notes. Sorbet. Cleansing. It is cleansing. Like like cleansing after a night of drinking. <laughs> what a delight. Yes. It's, it's detoxing. It feels better already. <laughs> yeah, um, this song, this so sorbet, yeah? You guys Yeah, you guys ready? Ready? of course it's time it? for a sorbet. Please. Yeah, fucking this is going to this is going to go down way easy. This is the song is a goddamn joy and a half and it's coming to you from uh, some lads across the pond. Okay. All right. So I'll tell you that much. Let's do it. I like what I see. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Do you do this in the band? No, we <laughs> should. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do it without oh, a piano. This is, this is great, Aaron. <laughs> Just out of spot. Yeah! Talk about wanting to get drunk in 1984. <laughs> now, English Beat, I confess. English Beat. From the what English year? English Beat. From uh, 1982, yeah. from the from the album Special Beat Service. Yeah, great album. Um, yeah, uh, the English Beat uh, was just uh, uh, um, an incredible band. Uh, came out for those of you who don't know, they came around uh, around the time, generally speaking, that uh, Squeeze came around, yeah. um, and sort of ran in the same circles. And they were, you know, part of the uh, part of the two tone. Uh, Era and it was like what was it the third uh, second wave probably third wave uh, of ska and mm-hmm. and and just was a beautiful beautiful band so they're contemporaries of madness um, and out there doing the good work now huge uh, on the coasts of America yeah. and then had to work hard in the middle chunk um, they they influential on the police uh, Sting often flew an English. Uh, beat a uh, shirt uh, flying the flannel for them right which is uh, which is very supportive and they enjoyed each other and toured a lot from time to time uh, english beat opening for the police but um this album was their third album that ultimately was their last and uh it's just full full of those beautiful hits now hits oh, right. in a relative way uh, you know their biggest hit was not on this record be mirror in the bathroom uh and and it was it was Big, big, big K-Rock. Big, big, big K-Rock. Uh, uh, 
band and they would often play and k-rock at this time would play save it for later i confess yeah and to a lesser extent jeanette but it was really more about about i confess now i confess sort of stands out to me for them because it's it's not political in the slightest um which a lot of their songs eventually got to uh in some kind of way but like save it for later and i confess kind of their two hits that were the biggest were were more just about relationships and yeah, both um, great songs too yeah, and yeah. and this song is just so full of joy. Like just that piano part is unbelievable. Like I can't imagine just the power of that uh, when you first hear that chiming away. Just like it's 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 the great. Is great, that their great their part. normal piano player? Yeah, it was. Uh, who was doing it on this? It was uh, Dave Blockhead Wright, mm-hmm. who was the guy on most of the stuff they did. Because you and, never uh, think of unless it's this song, and maybe I'm thinking of another one, but. Like he's usually just doing like offbeats on an organ or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. so suddenly Unusual he's whipping this out, which is just yeah. like you know fucking masterful, you know, playing uh, on a different yeah. level that Almost you expect jazzy. from any of these bands. Almost, yeah. And it's just yeah. so full of joy. It's so full of joy and has like you know it. it Sounds like it could go the route of almost like a loungy kind of song, but yep. then the groove kicks in and it's this whole other sort of calypso kind of thing. But like that's certainly not island piano no. vibe. It's another thing. It's another thing altogether, which makes it sort of evened out. And I think this is the reason why it appealed to, not to put too fine a point on it, but like the white fans who had no real interest in reggae could feel what was happening here with this song. You're and, exactly uh, right. That's ex- I'm, I'm the fan of this song and you're exactly right. <laughs> yep. And so, and it's, and it's, it's really interesting. I, I was, I was taking a look uh, at the lyrics for this and then we should just get into the song for a yeah. while, but the lyrics are interesting because I had, I used to have ideas about this song because the the the, the, uh, the he mentions gun a few times, and so at first I thought, is this song about there is a couple and then there's somebody had an affair with a third person, and then that was solved with like a gunfight or something was my sort mm-hmm. of casual thought process on it, but when I open it up again, I sort of I don't think that the gun has anything to do with it. The gun being, I think the gun is sort of an analogy or a metaphor for a horrible decision that lasts a lifetime kind of thing where this guy's made this horrible decision that's fucked up these three people's lives, but he's done it with such indifference and really doesn't care until he discovers that he's, his life is also fucked. Did and not so care until I found out that one of them was mine. One of them was mine. Right. And so that like, I feel like that's what it's sort of about. And then I, I found after coming to that conclusion, Dave Wakeling, <laughs> one of the songwriters and lead singer of this band um, sort of validated with a quote that sort of says as much. Oh, I thought he called you. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> hi. Um, but like, but that he was sort of like, you know, one of the things that people don't ever want to do is like when you're having a fight in a relationship and somebody says, well, look, I feel like we're just at different speeds. Like, I feel like I love you and you don't love me. The hardest thing to say at that time is, you know, you're right. I am indifferent to this, but that's ultimately a better thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> rather than extending something and then doing something awful. And so I think that, it's it's a really interesting take on that and not what you pull away as a casual listener, I wouldn't think. So uh, with all that, let's listen to it. Let's continue. This is pretty far away from Scott at this point. This is like a disco beat almost. Yeah. yeah. It's super dancey, four on the floor. Right? Yeah. yeah. And there's something that's happening. I think because his 
his voice is a very comfortable place to put those ska vibes that there's something in the way he delivers keeps that alive. Of course. But the yeah. groove isn't at all. You're, I mean, totally right. Is that the groove's been evened out to something that's more, but it's, and it's a total dancey song and they were a dance band. Right. And so that's all that matters. And so the rule of the day is that it doesn't need to be reggae or ska, but what it does need to do is boogie. And that's all, that's the only important thing. The, the one thing that Denver gets pointed out is that a lot of the, these bands from the, the new wave, the UK, from the UK, and even in, in, uh, in the US, maybe you could put the talking heads in this category. Blondie, for sure. They were still doing disco. It was just now these with these quirky synthesizer songs. Right. Like, yeah. if you listen to any of those songs, like, there's a four-on-the-floor beat going, mm -hmm. and it was super danceable, and they got away with it not being disco because it wasn't disco. It was yeah. it was just like a whole different genre with that same beat, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah, this song... Um, by the way, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I liked disco then. I still like it now. It's nothing wrong with this beat. It's just interesting that like they kind of snuck this one in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just a dance band. And this is English beat was one of those things where like I was always in such serious bands, <laughs> like yeah. talking about serious things, trying their best to changing the world, and like all all fun people but generally serious bands. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I had this vibe inside me where I was like, gosh, I'd really love to be in a fun band. But I just didn't gravitate towards people who were interested in that. And including myself, apparently that wasn't that motivated, but I coveted that notion of being in like a band that people went to go see and dance to, you know, it just was never in the cards, but like, I loved that idea. And, and Scott really just blew my mind in that way. I remember being freaked out by that reality when I was like, before I met Damon, even we're just like, thinking about like, oh, gee, stop making fucking talking heads even does that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like how, how come I, I'd like to get a piece of that. And so I've always thought in those terms and just was never able to make that translate to, I mean, I was never the primary songwriter, so maybe I could have driven it more. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's <laughs> never I, too late. I done you, that. Yeah. Still yeah. time to do like Aaron Ritz sunshine party fun band. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I have written uh, some so, fun songs, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, it, yeah, it's uh, it's it's in there somewhere, you know. But, Let's hear uh, this fun song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> carry on. Let's like, let's talk about those lyrics real quick. It's it's. No, it's not a joke. It's cards on the table time. Yes, I could have phoned. I could have spoke. But how to break the news without breaking break your heart. heart. Yeah. It's such a fucking rad yeah, line. Right. It's like, so it's what's right. the point of saying it? Whatever the bad news is. Obviously, the term cards on the table already existed. I don't, had anyone ever used the, put it together with it? It's cards on the table time. That's such a great No, yeah, no, I've never heard that before. Yeah. 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 I love that. Love that too. Sometimes it's right to say good night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like just shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> good night. End it. Don't have that last beer. Stevie Wonder's gonna take away your keys. She's <laughs> just gone to bed, dude. And the Should've. melody of this uh of this of this sort of pre-chorus thing here, or this sort of B verse, is some so he does he does the line, sometimes it's right to say good night, and then he does always searching for paradise. I'll admit that I'm good as blind, darling. I confess, yes, I've ruined three lives and didn't care till I found out that one of them was mine. Now that's a lot of words, but the way it flows in this course in this pre-course melody is like 
breaks me in half. It's so great. Like, and I, I, I desperately wish that it is something that came out of my mind and it's, and it's so fucking awesome. One of those songs that's it's, even though I've heard it for a hundred years and I know the lyrics, it's still hard to sing along with because yeah, he's, the way he phrases, he, yeah, he, he spits out all of these terms and you can't follow him really because it's the way he does it. He's he's got his own way of of it's an odd vocal delivery for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just read you a shit ton of lyrics. That's like an, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's just in a moment that goes through. This is like an Elvis Costillian amount of lyrics. Yeah, in in this in this get from here to there moment with this beautiful chords under it. Right. So let's check it out. Let's talk about that too. Yeah. Why? Th- that vocal, Duh. that falsetto he goes up to and then descends back down with that kind mm-hmm. of jazzy run. Yeah. It's kind of like a David mind. Byrne kind of vibe yeah. uh, there, but more controlled. David Byrne would be a little bit more out there. And more likable. Like yeah. It's like a real vocal R&B man in a way. Like yeah. it's like an R&B track um, done through the lens of this, of this English guy, you know? Right. Um, that doesn't claim to be some R&B, R&B guy. Yeah. But this is his take on that. Like in a way, it's sort of like what we were talking about before. Like he wishes perhaps that he could be uh, Smokey Robinson. And so he's not trying to be Smokey Robinson. Well, this is, this is what comes out when he's trying his hardest to do that. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like he's aping Smokey in the slightest. Right. It's a wholly other thing because it's impossible through a number of different reasons for him, for that to be true, but like beautiful to try. You said uh, English guy before. There's the, obviously the little anecdote about the fact that they were in in England. They're called the Beat. Yeah, right. And couldn't keep that name out English here. Beat, there was right? a there was a band in the U.S. already called the Beat, Beat. who no one knows who the fuck they are. But I guess these legally they had to call themselves the English Beat. Here's a question: Do we like the English Beat as a band name better than the Beat? Like, what if they way better? Yeah, don't you I think like it's it. almost way a better, better name better, than than the better. Beat? Yeah. Way better. Because it's sort of like like what we were just saying is like the English be like this is this is the way we through our lenses, this is how we view, you know, Jamaican music, this is how we view American R and B, this yeah. is how we view disco. This is our beat. Yeah, through the through that the through beat? us comes this. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. All right, let's go. Let's hear some more. And that line right there. <laughs> Our love seems like a punishment. <laughs> Our love seems like a punishment. It was such like this throwaway moment where like, I was never truly aware of what he was saying there. <laughs> but it was such like, fuck, heavy line. God damn it. And that's just this little kind of moment in this. Yeah. Gee. And there he's saying, if, if it's all the same to you, I'll stay indifferent. <laughs> Yeah, the, the I hate to say it, but the the protagonist of the of the song seems like kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah, and I think that he's saying that that's the way that most people are. They're like the star of their own show. They're like, boy, it sounds like this nightmare. I'm going to throw myself out from. Sorry, I created this mess, but I really don't care. Yeah, or I'm having a hard time caring as deeply as you guys appear to. Right, <laughs> but there'll be a time when the worm will turn, and I will be the one who's fucked up. And then he says in this down the road suddenly I realized that one of my lives are one of the three that was ruined. He's confessing and being a douchebag, really. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, cause I've done this in a few songs I've written over the years 
where you assume the role of the person who wronged you and then you're in their character. I wonder if he he's like oh. maybe talking about his wife or girlfriend or whoever he's talking about. If he's saying from their point of view cuz he's he was the one that got hurt in real life. So now he's mm-hmm. portraying them as the bad guy narrating the song. Interesting. Do you yeah, think he said that part of the song is autobiographical and he doesn't say which? Yeah. But then he also says that he read an article in the magazine about it was about a a a, a couple who one of them had an affair and then uh there uh, a gun was produced and and but the, the you know the 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 problem was quieted but there was a kerfuffle on the street or something like that it was a news story that he had read and then he just sort of hmm. put those things together to to create this well if he wants a hit next time he should watch a jeans commercial <laughs> yeah if you want to chart a little higher than fucking nowheresville <laughs> Watch a jeans commercial, would you, huh? What's wrong with you? What? You're, you're out here exploring the human condition and trying to, you know, talk about love and confession and just watch a jeans commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And jeans are uh, off what? the table, uh, guy. So you corduroys, whatever you want. Sweatpants, Zumbas. Seersucker. What round is dockers? Lockers, schmockers. All right, here we go. Riff right there, that the sax. Mm-hmm. That, dun, 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 that's so good. By the way, from our sax discussion, yeah. the uh, the you were, kibitz, you were okay with that sax. I've said like if if sax is in ska, I'm 100 percent in. You did. He yeah. said that, and that's that's, he, that's go a back and fucking, check it. It's a great sax riff right there. That is, and a beautiful uh, trumpet solo uh, oh, coming right. up, yeah. which that's is like an too. iconic, beautiful piece. It is the, not, by the guy doing... who looks like Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night. <laughs> Or no, that's the specials. That's the specials. specials right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. That guy is so guy. bizarre in the specials. Have you seen him with a oh, mustache yeah. no, and the long an hair? Odd dude. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, Dave Lord and uh, Steve Sidewell. It's one of those two guys, the only trumpet players listed on the record. Got, so. uh, Dave and Steve, apologize. You don't look like Chuck Negron. That's the guy from the specials. <laughs> okay. Oh, look like Taylor Negron. <laughs> Taylor. It's like Taylor Negron. <laughs> you look like Negro Modelo beer. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting loopy at this point. Yeah. At too. this point of the day. Yeah. The long day. <laughs> Cards on the table time. I'm delirious. musicianship yeah. going on the, the the solo i mean it's superlative it's it it's it's a, it's a cut above any other yeah. band that was that was existed back then you're right yeah it was yeah. They, i mean that's what i was talking about back when we were having the horn discussion we were talking about and we were got into the scoffing a little bit is that there was some there was a sophistication there so like when i was talking about wanting to be in a fun band i think that i also wanted to be in a fun band that has the sophistication that having keyboards and having horns produces and people still don't need to be shredders on their instrument, but it just gives you more colors to work with should you be interested in using them. Yeah. So, um, and and just these guys completely did. And none of that sounds like fucking jivey, muso jazz even. it's there's, there's a thing that's happening that's very sort of workman-like. You know, it manages to not be snooty. And it's perfectly appropriate for this song. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Like it's not a guy, it's not a jazzer who's kind of slumming it, going, "Yeah, I'm just going to do a solo over this," and who cares? It yeah, feels like this, a lad who's just bitching, and who came up with the perfect sort of combination right. of notes for this song. Yeah, every part of that is great, and it's a full-on hook. Like I know that I know every part of this record just uh, like my own hand, but like it's it's just it's, it's extraordinary, and just like hook central, hook, 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 all the little parts throughout, beautiful, beautiful uh, musicianship across the board. And and everyone paying attention to the song, the power, the, what is the best for the fucking jam, the yeah. song, and staying out of the way of all these lyrics, which is no fucking easy task. The most important thing is that it's accessible to yeah. me. That's right. the thing is I didn't, uh, you know, at this age, I didn't, I mean, I knew all this music, but, you know, I was at Motley Crue and Wasp. But I knew all this from my friends and obviously being on the radio. And, and I loved this song because it was accessible and right. I'm not inclined to right. like it at all. And I was... 15 when this came out yeah i'm the i'm the audience and it was and i loved it yeah it you easy to understand and easy to groove to. it was yeah, great girls loved it too yep. so it was yep. smart to like it what's what parties kind right of there. grabbed yeah. people about this song you know if you were a little bit thrown off because it's just not what you're used to hearing from the verse and all the kind of busyness going on with the yep. with the that chorus dun 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 very just mm. classic pop Yep, writing right, right there yep. but just just boiled it down to the essence of a perfect pop song and then you go ah, he goes up into that high thing and then gets right. you back into the weirdness mm-hmm. and they keep bringing you in and out of the of the pop back to the weird and yeah. back and forth it's very well crafted it is you know what other song did exactly that but like it's a different it's a different buy but i think you'll understand what i mean is uh, rock the casbah yes where it's got that 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 crazy topper piano part and and it's and it's so it's a pretty melody. Yeah, it's and it's 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 got the dun 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 It's got it's undeniably that could be an English beat song. You know, right? It feels like that they're having a bit of that, and then but then they, you know, it's more it's more funky. Anyways, it just reminds me of that. Yeah, hadn't thought of that. Bass is all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And, you know, obviously, and, and then if for the people who don't know, if they're familiar with uh, Fine Young Cannibals, that was Dave Steele and Andy Cox, oh. the bass player and guitar player from this band, meeting with Roland Gift and making Fine Young Cannibals and became a much larger band. And Dave and Ranking Roger from this band formed uh, General Public. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Who had the biggest sort of success doing uh, like soundtrack work. Like they... Uh, John Hughes loved general public and loved uh, English beat. And as a result, like rotating heads is in say Ferris or, uh, uh, you know, Ferris Bueller. Um, they make an appearance. I think mm-hmm. and she, she's having a baby as well. Oh, right. One yeah. thing about listening to K rock nonstop as a kid, like I didn't really, I was looking at the, the track listing of the general public album. Cause I thought, yeah, I know two or three of their songs. I know virtually every song in that album, yeah. just, just yeah. from K rock playing all of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's for real. Like it was like we, I would have this conversation with Josh, like Josh, one of my, 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 my sweet 69, uh, sort of band partner, co-leader with me. Um, he was very progressive town, uh, and, and tons of progressive radio in Boston, but there are some places that for him, it would seem like my suggestions would be like, who's going to know that song, Aaron? Mm-hmm. I go, dude, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. K rock out here. Like, and I'm sure that there's big versions of that being out there. 
like whether it be Jay Giles band, which is like sort of more Boston centric, but like mm. you could play, if you played anything from Depeche Mode uh, catalogs, or if you touched anything from this, yeah. like we did the fucking song, like I had to fight for it. We did the song Alone Again or. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah, and they right. were like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I was like, I'm telling you, baby, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. believe me, it's going to be great. And it fucking was great. Yep. And it went down a storm because we were like, yeah. <laughs> I've had that pushback from two different bands in my my illustrious career of, of going, you guys were in Los Angeles. K-Rock created this entire thing in this in, yeah. in our country. Every, yeah, every, do not make me explain myself. You've got to believe yeah, when I stand up for this, I've done the math already. <laughs> right. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Real quick before I forget, because I keep wanting to tell this. Um, I saw Dave Wakeling. I've seen him several times, but the mm-hmm. one time that was super memorable time was uh, my friend won tickets to him. He was playing at the Santa Monica Pier, which is a big, mm, yeah. big event, summer event. Like they, I think every week they have a big yeah. band go out there. And my friend won tickets to not only the show, which I think was free anyway, you could just go, but we got like into the pit, which was like the kind of backstage. Yeah. And then you could kind of want, wander in and out of the backstage into the front pit. In yeah. front, and it was very casual. You could just stand yeah. there and watch, go get another beer and come back. And so I'm standing literally in front of Dave wakeling I'm, he's obviously on a stage but i'm hearing his amp is facing right at me because it's it's obviously mic'd up so the entire crowd can hear it but i i'm so close that i can hear the the natural the sound amp. of his amp yeah, right. coming coming right yeah. at me and the guitar he's playing i don't remember what it was it's the vox egg isn't it yeah 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 right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he plays it backwards yeah, too right, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. and so um the sound of I, I realize as i'm standing that close to his amp i'm like that's the sound of the English beat. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. his style. Yeah. Like it's very you, specific. It's the piano is so prominent in this song. You probably can't even hear it. Maybe Dave's not playing guitar in the song. I doubt that, but maybe it's not, it's just not as can't compete with the piano in the song, mm-hmm. but you listen to any other English beat song and that Same. guitar, he's the sound, not only the voice, right. but his rhythm creates this entire band. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, after having observed it from about 10 feet away yeah. and having it blast in my face. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just listening. He's doing a general public song. He's doing a cover. It still sounds like the English beat because of his, I guess, his his left hand. Yep. Yeah, the identifiability <laughs> yeah. of that. And then he uses very specific tunings. Like, they, Definitely. they played, they played their, when I was working for Andy Castro out in Temecula, they played a winery and then uh, auctioned off one of those guitars. And because Andy Castro never loses, he won, <laughs> he won the guitar. But He worked then, another uh, angle. But 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 I'm not at the event, but he calls me from the event and says, hey, yo, I'm going back. I won this guitar. I'm going to go see him with a sort of – on a receiving line. Give me something to tell Dave because he knows I fucking know a bunch of dumb shit. <laughs> so I'm hammered myself at home and, and, I, and I had this memory that I go, fuck, I do have a notion that he – that one night Dave Wakeling was hammered and the phone rings and it's – Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend calls him and says, Dave, I'm here with Dave Gilmore. We're trying to work up, save it for later. What the hell is the is the tuning you use? Right. And he I hung remember up the story. I remember the story. And he hung yeah. up on him. Yeah. And then he did it again, hung up on him again. And they and he divulges. Uh, I ended up, we talked and it was fine. They did it. I was, it was neat. They were a fan. So I said, just say, go up to Dave, walk up to him and go, so you fucking hung up on Pete Townsend, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking... <laughs> And 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 he I he did that and he fucking said the Dave Wakeling immediately went dude 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 here's what happened here's what happened <laughs> <laughs> and like he broke it down for him and not only did he give him the guitar well I mean he Andy won the guitar but on the back he flipped it over 
and broke down the tuning, which is not, he meant to do it as a dad gad tuning, but did it as dad ad. Oh. <laughs> and so he wrote that down. So he goes, I've never done this on a guitar before. So it might mean something as far as <laughs> your collection. Yeah. And right, he's like, yeah. oh, great. And so Fucking he had that. Andy. He even gets yeah, that so- out of the deal. Andy has Rock and that. Andy Castro wins again. <laughs> and then uh, the other part that has something to do with me is that uh, the Dalton Grant, back when we were Dragline, I think we opened for Dave Wakeling twice at oh. uh, uh, Moose McGillicuddy's in Pasadena. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was it was a, a blast, and he was it was sweet as hell, and all the hits, and to be in that proximity, like you say, Damon was like, it's a big deal, man. And like with our K Rock brains, it's in my DNA so deeply. Uh, that it's great to see him and always hear him again. So I love that he works, man. Cause he, you're right, Aaron. Cause he does. I, I just, cause all this stuff you, both of you just said about seeing him and all, he plays everywhere. I remember, I just remembered that I remember him playing. You guys know your local Remember toes tavern. Yeah. 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 He's, they, they played there when, when Greg Marchant and Steve Rothhammer worked there, my friends. And, and then my friend Jim uh, hired Dave and Richard blade. They have some kind of K rock thing for his 50th birthday. They hired the yeah. whole band and Richard Blade to be the announcer. Yeah, for, so did Andy I don't know, for, <laughs> for four thousand dollars or whatever it cost her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and had a club and everything, and you could talk to Dave. And I think I said hi to him, or you know, right? But they work, man. They st- and they got to be sixty-five years old or yeah. older. Yeah, like they yeah, work. Money's not going to come from you know. It's uh, Richard Blade slings it, and yeah. but like the money's not going to come from radio really yeah, no. anymore. I heard so. the deal was. Dave is allowed to, the deal they struck was like Rankin Roger kept the band going in England. And right. d- the reason why Dave plays here so much is just because oh, he, he can, be, he can be Dave Wakeling in England, but he can't beat the English beat or the, oh. or the beat there. Cause oh. Rankin Roger, he's yeah, now right. who died, didn't he? Rankin Roger. Yeah. I thought he did. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what the deal is now. Maybe they yeah. kind of put the two bands back together or something, yeah. but Dave lives in SoCal. I yeah. actually know the specific city, but I'm not going to say it. Of course not. And, um, and that's why he's always touring around SoCal because he can be the English beat here, here right? And Make and more, uh, and perfect place for it. Yeah, <laughs> if you had to be the English beat somewhere, yeah. this is it yeah. from here to do San it, Diego. <laughs> do it where the range of K Rock, yeah, uh, right, lives. Yeah. Okay, so let's keep going. Yeah. I love the fact that they changed this. Yeah, he's, he's just doing another verse, but now the bass... Everything drops. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And there, uh, do I hear a guitar doubling that bass, Aaron? I think that might be happening just for some clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you guys, I, I'm sure that bass, that more aggressive bass part is adding to this, but do you feel like the whole band's just sort of lifting their energy at this point? Oh, yeah. Like the, everyone, yeah. he's singing, with, like hey, the it's drums. More urgent. Yeah, it's urgent. Going, <laughs> it's just dialing up yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's an, I mean, just all of English, but just so much about energy. Like even the, even the delicate ballad-esque songs, of which there are a few, have just a great fun vibe to them. Never is it a dirge. And when they get political, never is it, is it dirgy or anything. 
like in a direct response to fucking I can't dance. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. This is what the world's about, <laughs> man. This is much better. Yeah. Shut up. Beginning of the eighties. I didn't. The 80s. I, I didn't make the comment before, but like that stupid dance that that uh, Genesis was doing. You know, aside from it being like a bit of a Van Halen ripoff, a bit of a uh, ZZ Top, Top ripoff, but also like who who are the guys who did the, all those motions together? Like as a group, and it always looked awesome and cool. Madness. Oh right, they right. did right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. and I, I was going to bring up the point earlier, and I thought, fuck, let's just get out of this song. But mm. but now that we're talking about the Scott English Scott, yeah. like that's another thing they were trying to do. Like that was a that was a mm-hmm. whole madness thing that that they were great at doing. You know, skank dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Morons. <laughs> Wait, why am I bringing in the the fucking torture right now? Yeah, come on, we're in sorbet. Doing, fucking, oh, Jesus, you're wiping shit in my tongue. <laughs> trying to clear it out. <laughs> oh, And also, before I forget, there's I have this very vague memory of you telling me that your mom used to laugh at Dave Wakeling because he sounded like he was like a crooner singer, like he was kind of bossy. It was Bowie, Bowie, Bowie. Oh, was the I one thought that it was she, Dave Wakeling. No, no, it was Bowie just because it was over. It was it was a little overwrought for her. Um, oh, it wasn't. I could have sworn it was. I confess. I could have sworn. No, I don't think so. I mean, it was, it was certainly it could have been either at the time. Hearing them both all the time just yeah. ad nauseum in the house. But my memory is that the one she would pick on, and much to my chagrin, would be uh, David Bowie. <laughs> Obviously, you know what she was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, my friend George told me this is scary. <laughs> ah, he doesn't like right. diamond dolls. <laughs> well, Aaron, I still think I'm right. Check in with okay. Beth. I, th- I, no, think, I, mean, I think you might be. <laughs> it, it might be true. It might be true. Let's yeah. say that it is true. I, I trust your memory more than mine, I, frankly. So yeah. you're probably. Right. I wasn't the one driving drunk back then, like, like yeah, you. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> like some people I know. <laughs> Someone who hates Stevie Wonder <laughs> and his message. Nice fade. Beautiful. Yeah, and he changes the line where, like, I had quoted it earlier, where he he said, uh, "Our love seems like a punishment. Uh, if if it's all same, you all remain indifferent." Yeah. He changes that down at the bottom where we just hit, where he goes, mm-hmm. "I confess, I deserve some kind of punishment. I confess, uh, it's if it's all the same to you, I'll stay indifferent." But he does say he deserves. The it. narrator sort of goes, "No, I get it. <laughs> it's me. Maybe this is it. Like my my life is ruined. This is the punishment that I deserve for." For being cavalier. That takes a lot of self-awareness to write a song from that position as yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I say, as we said, decided this, the, whoever's narrating the song is an asshole. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, it takes a lot of self-awareness to say that. Although I have been in p- positions where I realized I fucked something up pretty bad. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I was much later in my life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And these are people in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's much more difficult. Um, 
I would imagine, to to have that kind of honesty and frankness. I, I am impressed by that all the time to see that kind of sophistication in people's lyrics and then and then realize, oh, it's even more interesting because these people were young at the time. What yeah. business did they have to be so sophisticated? And they maybe didn't act that way, but certainly could write it in, in, write in, in their poetry. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you one thing about, about this song I realized I hadn't before is that it's – and why John Hughes probably liked it. And first off, just my own point of view, uh, wanting to right away have a wine cooler and a clove. <laughs> right away, this <laughs> yeah. makes me feel – but also I'm having this feeling of – is is it, it perfectly encapsulates um, – Teenage angst, and there's also something that's romantic about this. Yeah. It's, yeah. It makes me feel that way. There's something romantic about this because the music feels loungy or something. There's something that, that makes that's me the 80s recall you right there. that it's, right there. It, it's it romantic, romantic angst. Yeah. It, it really. Um, yeah. With a groove, with an upbeat. Yeah. So it, it appeals to everybody because everyone's been happy. Everyone's been in love. Everyone's been devastated by what that wrought. Yeah. And it's. Uh, that that's the incredible part of it, and I thank you for playing because I wouldn't have realized that I wouldn't have thought about it or heard, listened to this song ever really. And I have a question for you guys, production wise. He, when he's singing, his vocal style and delivery is so unique anyway. But is he doubling himself? Is someone singing with him? It, there's something about the way that's. You're right. Like, he, and I don't know what it is. It's a little bit behind of what he's. You know what I mean? It's like two voices. Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Dave and uh, Roger sing a lot together? They often sang very together. Not not in like we were talking about with Lennon McCartney. They did that like at the same time. Unison. And I wasn't yeah. aware that 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 was what was happening because I would think that their voices would be so different. Right. But it isn't, you see it like there's footage of them, very good footage of them at the US festival. I didn't realize like how much he did it. And often that was just to provide the push because it's not like Dave's got a super high voice. So it's nice to give the extra energy to the lyric. Yeah. Um, and so that, yes, singing in unison. And so that may have very well been going on in the studio as well. And- or, or it's Dave, doubling himself and there's other parts of this too like i'm going to say it's the verse and the chorus where also it sounds different where it's not that but maybe it's something else but it's clearly different than the verses you know yeah, probably it's, yeah. it's interesting. Magic, studio magic yeah um aaron as you scan through the lyrics can you find the point where he's doing a metaphor for jeans <laughs> <laughs> is there anything about jeans in this or or just any kind of pant yeah there's not mention of any how about any- a culotte <laughs> so it's trouser free is what it's you're saying trouser yeah, free yeah. this is not about yeah manages to be thrown free jeans. of the trouser conversation yeah <laughs> okay let's wrap right. her up yeah that was another great it. episode from the lads at uh at ear and loathing we are gitmo the gitmo HQ. bros yeah <laughs> the gitmo the gizmo guys are here to uh to bid you adieu after a great episode 23. The score is now, let's see, Aaron, or no, George just won that one. So it's Damon 8, George 8, Aaron 7. Ooh, it's tightened super up. locked up now. Yeah. Playoffs coming. Yeah. <laughs> so what a show. What a concept. What a great group of guys. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about the Howard Stern Show. Oh, good night, everybody. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, good to be here with Magit Mobros. And uh, wrapping up episode 23, we'll see you next week on episode 24. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Bye. and I just want some dick. I don't care. Shut up. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm not going to lower it. I have.
English now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more ear and loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.